Good evening, and welcome to Arise 2021. We're so excited to have everybody here, so uh, blessed to have some of my esteemed friends and colleagues in the ministry, and so grateful to have members of their congregation with us to worship together. We are one big family in the Lord. Amen? And uh, just believe for supernatural impartation by the Spirit of God. We believe that you will walk out of here different than when you came in. Amen? Hallelujah. And uh, the key scripture for our conference is the first recorded uh, message by the Apostle Paul. You know, we have the recorded message of Jesus in Luke chapter 4 of his message that he preached all over the realm of Galilee and, and wherever he had opportunity. But we have recorded in Acts 13 the very first sermon that the Apostle Paul preached on his first missionary journey. And I believe that this is the um, most concentrated form of the gospel and the most perfect form of the gospel. How many of you know there's a lot of people that have added to the gospel? There's a lot of people that have taken away from the gospel. But here he, through a long discord, and Paul liked to preach long. He's like a lot of preachers in this place. Amen. We like to preach long. Amen. Give me five minutes. How many say that? Give me five minutes. Everybody said you know, 5, 10, 15, 20. Come on. I mean, he preached so long, someone just fell out of a window because they were asleep. Amen? That's why we don't have any balcony here. Amen? Hallelujah. In the 38th verse, the Apostle Paul declares this, and it needs to resonate because we don't need hippie Jesus. We don't need eco-Jesus. We don't need social justice, Jesus. And we don't need Disney, Jesus. We need a hardcore Jesus. Amen? Praise the Lord. And notice this is hardcore. And this is the gospel. You try to add to it all you want. This is the gospel. He says, Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Oh, you didn't get that. Forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. That is the gospel message. Praise God. And then he goes on and says, and this is the icing on the cake. And it says, and by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything. Amen. He is freed from everything. Praise God. What the law of Moses could not do, Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection has done and purchased for you. Praise God. Glory to his name. Amen. And so I'm tremendously blessed to be able to introduce our speaker. And uh, we wanted him to just come up here and just do whatever the Lord asked him to do. And we want to give him full license to be able to do that. But uh, tremendously blessed by the ministry this morning. I know that it will continue. Uh, do avail yourself to his books. Avail yourself to, you know, whatever he has in his table. I know it will be beneficial to you. And uh, I am grateful to have a good friend and someone come up here and really bless us and impart to us uh, a major revelation in the realm of healing, deliverance, and the miraculous Let's welcome Chad Gonzalez as he comes up. Uh, 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody said, is it, is it Gonzalez, Ramirez, Hernandez, Valdez? It doesn't really matter. That's all I say. It's fine. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Well, how many of you, of you were here this morning? So we kind of see how many's got a foundation for some things. Okay. Is there anybody here that's from out of town? You're not here in the Tulsa area? All right, where are y'all from? Wichita, huh? Kansas? Saw Kansas. Anybody else from another state? Where? Oklahoma? Okima? Where's that? Okay, anybody else? What we got anybody else? Saw a couple of hands. Cool. We're very honored to have you here with us, and I'm just always humbled to, to be invited to come and speak uh, in other churches and be with other pastors in their places, so it's, it's always an honor. Uh, my wife and I, we pastored for 15 years. We started a church in Texas. I'm originally from Texas. Uh, I'm an Aggie. We pastored in College Station, Texas, so go Aggies. Anybody hate Alabama? All right. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, we, we passed, started church in Texas and we were there and then we were in Arkansas and started church there and, and uh, just had a lot of fun. And so I've got a tremendous, tremendous amount of respect and love uh, for pastors in the local church. Uh, but I mean, healing has, has really been the thrust and the focus of what we've been doing. And I'll just tell you this. I mean, I love this stuff. I mean, I, I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. But my, my real focus has been on the everyday believer, like, you know, if you go back and you look at uh, Azusa Street and you look at the great healing revival that took place back in the late 40s and 50s, it was all about getting to the man. It was all about getting to the man. It was all about getting to the woman, you know. It was all about getting to that anointed one so I could get my healing. And, and there, there's, there's some truth to that in the, in the sense that, hey, if I'm struggling in my faith and I need some help, I need, I need, a, I need a little boost I need somebody that's got their jumper cables hooked up to a live battery. I need a boost. Then, yeah, thank God I can get a boost. But what happens if you're out and about and you can't get to that anointed person? Well, you've got to realize that the same anointing that's in them is on you too. And so, and so our real big push has been after the everyday believer to help the everyday believer to live and walk according to the very standard of Jesus himself. And we've been saying a lot and we'll continue to say it even harder that thank God for all of those who have come before us in all of our different circles. Thank God for the examples that they brought. But Jesus is our standard. Amen. Jesus, he is the way. That's that, that, that phrase right there, he's the way, the truth, and the life. We've been teaching on the life of God and we're gonna do some teaching on it tonight. But I'm telling you, he is also the way. He's not only the way to the Father, he's also the way of how we can live the way. He's the standard. He was the prototype of what a man or a woman filled and united with God could do on the earth. He's the way. So thank God for all the examples that we've had in the past and those that we have today, but Jesus is the way. And, and we've got to continue to, to stay hungry and also stay humble so that we're teachable and we can continue to push and continue to raise our level of living and our level of ministry and our level of results to that of Jesus Christ himself. And until our results match up with his, we've got some work to do. 
And until our results match up with his, I can never fall into that trap of thinking God's my problem, God's holding out on me. And I can never fall into that trap of thinking I need more of this and I need more of that and one day God's gonna pour out, give me something extra and all that type of stuff because that's cool if he was, but he ain't. If he was, then what about all those people who died and could have used it back then? That's not a just God. That's not a loving God. If there was more that we could use equipment-wise. But Jesus made this wonderful statement in John 14, 12. He said, whoever believes in me will do the very same works and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. So actually, according to Jesus, you know, if he's the way, if he's the standard, according to Jesus, on the day of salvation, you're ready to go. And you don't see the early church pray in the way that the modern church is praying today. More love, more power, more of you in my life will get saved. <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, not, not, not to pick on us too much, but I mean, we sing, I am free, I am free. And we sing, death lost its grip on me. Well, then afterwards, after church, well, I got to get free. I'm trying to get free. God, what do I got to do to get free? I need you to show up so I can get free. We sing the songs, and we cry, and we rejoice, and we dance, and we laugh, and we shout, and we run. But then on Monday, man, we forget who we are. So that's what we're doing. We're trying to remind you who you are, show you who you are. I'm showing myself who I am. It's amazing we get to preaching these things and things come out of my mouth I never thought about, so I'm writing it down afterwards, you know. (laughs) Praise God. Well, if you grab your Bibles, I actually don't have my New King James. I usually preach out of. I forgot it this afternoon. I took it home, so I've got my Passion Translation. And uh, so we'll read a little bit out of this one as well. But And then he doesn't even have it in the Old Testament, so I gotta use my phone. So uh, Genesis chapter one, if you'll turn there, Genesis chapter one and verse 26. What's going on in Genesis chapter one? Creation, all the Bible scholars in here got it right. Creation is taking place. God's creating the birds and the bees and the trees, right? And then he gets down to mankind. And, And in verse 26, he said, let's make man in our image right? According to our likeness, let's make man to be like us. That wasn't Kenneth Hagin. That wasn't Kenneth Copeland. That wasn't Sid Roth. That wasn't Catherine Kuhlman. That wasn't Benny Hinn. That wasn't whoever your favorite preacher is, whatever your favorite denomination is. That's not a denominational statement, right? That's not a a, a certain religious circles, you know, beliefs, doctrine. This is God. He said, let's make man in our image. This was God who decided to do this, right? God decides to do this, And then for all the people who didn't believe it the first time, he tells us again, you know, in the following verse, God's gonna make man his image and his likeness. And then just as chapter two and verse seven, it says that God, he formed the body of man, of the dirt, of the dust, of the ground. And then he, he breathed the breath of life. He put life on the inside of that body, right? You with me so far? I mean, isn't that what your Bible says? He, He put life on the inside of that body. You could say it like this, that God made the body of Adam and then he put Adam in the body. Right? Remember this morning we were talking about, this is a body. This is not me. This is just the container for me. This is just a tool. We've made this to be too big of a deal. And what's on the inside is supposed to affect the outside. And you see this in Genesis chapter two, verse seven, God, he, 
He puts himself, he puts his life, he puts his spirit that's fully himself in that body. And all of a sudden that body begins to respond. There's animation, there's life to the body. Why? Because Adam got in the body. And when Adam got into the body, God got into the body. Anybody ever seen Frosty the Snowman? Yeah, Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman, you know. And so he's just a regular old snowman until the magic hat gets put on his head. And as soon as the magic hat gets put on his head, what happened? Happy birthday! Frosty becomes alive. Why? Because something super got on the natural. Right? But then when, when the super got taken off the natural, all of a sudden he's just a regular old snowman with no life. Well, Frosty, a preach. Because just your body with, with no God in it, no spirit in it, is just a body. Just this natural thing, it's, it's nothing, it's useless, it cannot do anything without the spirit on the inside of it. Well, when God put the spirit on the inside of, uh, of Adam's body, all of a sudden the body began to move. And that shows us from the very, very beginning, God's plan and his intent that your spirit was to affect your body. Not your body controlling your spirit. Not your body dictating how I'm gonna be and how I'm gonna feel and what I'm gonna do. It was a spirit put on the inside they begin to tell the body what you're going to do. All of a sudden, the body begins to move because the spirit got on the inside. And it's interesting to me that we understand that when people die. But we don't correlate it when someone becomes alive or, or becomes saved. But we understand that when we die, the spirit leaves. But when we live, we act like we're just a body. Right? We understand that when someone dies, it was their spirit left. But why don't, we, why don't we put the puzzle pieces together that when we're alive, that which was leaving when we, we leave this body, it's still here. And this is to dictate who I am and what I have. So God's setting this up in the very beginning, right? And if man was made in God's image and his likeness, he must be a spirit. Remember, God made man in his image and his likeness, and then he put that man in a body. So you're a spirit. Remember, you're, you're the pizza, not the box. If you weren't here this morning, well, too bad on you. You missed that part. <laughs> you're a pizza. Some of us may be, you know, extra meat lovers, but we're still, you're the pizza. <laughs> some of us need to go to, need, some of us need to change over to thin crust, you know. We'd go to Thin Crust, we wouldn't have so much arthritis and heart disease and diabetes and stuff. Anyway, anyway. So God puts his life, he puts himself in this body, okay? And then most of us know the story about Adam and Eve, that, you know, Eve was standing there and she was tempted by Satan. She was deceived, but Adam wasn't a man that day, didn't have a backbone, stood right there, watched his wife get deceived, didn't do anything about it. And... And, and, and the result of that was that they died. They died spiritually. They were separated from God. And when they were separated from God, they were separated from his life. They lost out on that. And the result of that was that when the source of sin came in, then that resulted in the curse on the earth, which resulted in the byproducts of sickness and disease and depression and addictions and all these type of things. And so at that point, since they died spiritually, then they began to die physically. 
But it's interesting that it took Adam over 900 years to figure out how to die. Because even though he was dead spiritually, he still had so much of God's life in that body. It took a long time for it to get out because that body was saturated. And you, if you think I'm just making this up, wait till we get to start looking at some things in a few minutes and you'll start seeing it even more. So the first Adam messes things up, but God, thank God, God's smart, he's wise. He had a plan and that plan, his name was Jesus. And Jesus as the last Adam, the second Adam, the last Adam, Jesus comes to restore things and fix things and then make it even better. So if you look at John chapter one and verse four, these are all really familiar passages of scripture. Just gonna try to help you see it in a different light. Maybe see it a different way. First John, or John chapter one, verse four, it says, in him was what? In him was life. This word life is the Greek word zoe, Z-O-E. The life of God, the life that God is and he has. In him was life and that life was the what? The light of men. This is real important here. Remember this, underline it, highlight it, put an asterisk, exclamation point, post-it note. It was the light of men. The Passion Translation says this, a fountain of life was in him for his life is light for all of humanity. So this life that God put into the first Adam and Adam lost it, the second Adam came to restore it. And so the plan of God was he put what was missing in us and he put it into Jesus. Because ultimately, the plan of God was that you and I would be united with Christ. So, so just to get a little ahead of ourselves, God put in Jesus what he wanted in you. Jesus was the container. Well, in John chapter 5, John chapter 5 and in verse uh, 21, Jesus is talking here. And I always like to remind people of this, that Jesus, he was doing life as a man. He's doing life just like you and I. Philippians chapter two says that Jesus, he laid aside everything that gave him an advantage in life. He humbled himself and came into life as a man. There's a reason that the Bible says there is a man, the man, Christ Jesus, is at the right hand of God. Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Went about doing good and healing all those that are oppressed by the devil. God doesn't need to be anointed, but a man does. Luke chapter 2 tells us that the child Jesus grew not only in stature, but also in wisdom. Well, God doesn't grow in wisdom, but a man does. It's important to realize that Jesus was having to renew his mind just like you and I. Jesus, when he was born into this world, he didn't have anybody around him telling him, hey, you're the son of God. Hey, you were born of heaven. Hey, you're filled with a life. He didn't have anybody around telling him that. These are things that he had to learn through fellowship with God. And he had to renew his mind to these truths because everything out here was telling him, you're not spiritual. You're not supernatural. He was having to renew his mind like us. And you even see it here in John chapter five and verse 20. He said, the father's gonna show me even greater things than these just so you can marvel. Just so you can go, wow, God's gonna show me even greater stuff. In other words, Jesus said, the father's gonna show me some things I've never seen before. And so just as a side note, if Jesus was excited about some new things, you and I ought to be expecting some new things too. The moment we get to the point we think we've got it all figured out, you're an idiot. <laughs> the moment I get to the point, I think I've got this all figured out. I, I'm an idiot. I, I, I've just, I've stunted my growth. If Jesus was expecting the supernatural, 
You and I should be expecting the supernatural. If Jesus was expecting the Father to show him some things that had never been seen or done before so he could turn around and do it so the world would go, wow, you and I should be too. I don't know about you, but it's high time that the church starts seeing some wow moments so that we can start wowing the world. So Jesus says in John chapter 5, verse 21, he says, just as the Father has power, to raise the dead and give life to them. Even so the son will also raise the dead and give life to whom he wants, to whomever he wills. So Jesus said in the very same way that the father has this life, the son has this life. I can raise the dead and I can give this life. Notice I can give this life to whomever I want. In other words, by this point in Jesus' life and ministry, he realized I am a, I am a possessor of this life. See, God put this life into Jesus, but Jesus had to figure out that he had it because you can't give away something you don't know you have. You can't give away something that, that you don't know you have. But when you are a possessor some, of something, then you don't have to ask anyone's permission to give it away. This is why you never see Jesus pray to the Father to heal anybody. I always get flack for it. The closest that you get is with Lazarus, but you gotta read it. Jesus says with Lazarus, he says, Father, the only reason that I'm doing this is so that the people know that you hear me. And when you know you've already got it, you don't have to ask God for more. <laughs> you don't have to ask for more when you know you've already got it. So Jesus said, in the same way the Father raised the dead and gives life to those, even so the Son can give life to whomever He will. And then He continues on in this conversation in verse 26. And He said, For as the Father has this life in Himself, even so the Son has this life, where? In Himself. The Passion Translation, this is good. He said, For as the Father is the source of life, so He has given the Son the power to impart life impart life. Well, when you're hooked up with the source, that means whatever's flowing through the source is flowing through you. It's flowing through you. So at this point, we see that Jesus understands the plan of God, that God put this life into Jesus. And Jesus said, the life that the Father has, I have. And he said, the life that I have, I can give it away whenever I want to whomever I want. What, what type of life? The, the life that God is. Well, then you get down to John chapter 10 and verse 10. Most of us pretty much all know this, John 10, 10. Jesus said, the thief has come, what? To steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you would go to heaven. No, Jesus said, I came to give you something. I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And it's interesting that we have watered down salvation to such a degree that we have made salvation about going to heaven. We've made salvation about going somewhere instead of someone coming to live on the inside of me. Jesus did not come to change your destination. He came to change your position because you were far away from God. God came to unite you with him. And yet here we are again, we've been focused on the byproduct. Thank God for heaven and we get to go to heaven. But that's one of the byproducts. Just like we talked about this morning, 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes you were healed. That's the byproduct and everybody's chasing the byproduct and forgot about the source, which is what? Righteousness, or you could say union with him. Well, and most of Christendom 
the focus is all when we all get to heaven. But Jesus never talked to them about, I'm trying to get you somewhere. No, he's talking about, I'm trying to get something on the inside of you. And what I get on the inside of you will allow you when you take your last breath to go to heaven. But while you're here, because of what's on the inside of you, you can experience heaven while you're here. He said, I came to give you something. And then not just a little bit. You never see where Jesus said, I came to help you a little bit. Come on, how, God, how does God give? He gives excessively, lavishly, abundantly. He's a too much giving God. He's a boat sinking, you know, net breaking, 12 baskets left over type of giver. And we act like that when I got saved, it helped me a little bit. But God didn't come to send Jesus to, to help you a little bit. Jesus said, I came to give it to you in abundance. In other words, that you would never run out. And yet the modern day church thinks we don't have enough. Again, we're going through all the motions and doing all these spiritual sounding things. And yet, you know, it's just, it ain't producing anything. It makes it sound good and look good, but it's not producing anything. So Jesus said, I came to give you something. So not only do we see that Jesus knows he's a possessor of this life, we also see that Jesus, now he also understands he came to be a dispenser of this life and give it to you. So you would be a possessor of it too. Jesus came to give you what he had. So you see that in John chapter 10, verse 10, and then John chapter 17, one of my favorite, favorite chapters in the Bible, you find Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, he's praying, and I just love it because here he is. I mean, he's sweating blood. He's dealing with all this and yet he's praying for me. He's thinking about me. He's got me on his mind. He's got you on his mind. And he's praying to the Father, this prophetic prayer. And then he gets down to verse uh, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. And he starts praying for you and I specifically. He said, I don't pray for just these alone that are with me here physically. I also pray for all of those who will believe in me through their word. So all of us who have, have believed the word, we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Jesus is praying for us right there. And he goes on and he says, Father, I pray that they would be one just as we are one. Again, notice he doesn't say, I pray so they would go to heaven. Thank God for heaven. We get to go to heaven. But that wasn't the focus. He said, I, I pray that they would be one just as we are one. And then he goes on and makes this, this really kind of brain kind of tilt statement. He says, so that the world would know that you sent me. Now think about that. And, and, and that took my little peanut brain a couple, uh, some time to figure that one out. Because I was like, okay, how would it be that because I become one with him, that the world would know that Jesus was sent by God? Because this union was supposed to be so perfect and so complete that when people see us, they should see him. And I'm not talking about some spiritual sounding statement that we put on a t-shirt. Like Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We should be at the point where we could say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Christ. This is what Jesus was talking about. And he knew there'd be some of us dum-dums that were gonna be reading what he said. So he repeats itself. He repeats himself for, for, for the slow people. <laughs> Because his next statement is, he said, and Father, the same glory that you've given unto me, I've given it unto them so that they would be one just as we are one. In other words, you can't be one with him without having the same stuff. You have to have the same equipment, the same ability, same, same stuff. 
I mean, because remember what Jesus said in John 14, whoever believes in me will do the very same works. Well, how can you do the same works if you don't have the same stuff? And so then here we come for the slow people. Jesus says it again. He said, Father, I pray that again. He says, Father, I pray that they would be one just as we are one so the world would know that you sent me. So you see this whole piece here of, of union and this life that's on the inside. I came to give it to you. And how is that life going to get on the inside of us? Well, we would receive Jesus. We become a brand new creature. How? In Christ. And when we become in, in union and in, in oneness with him, then what's in him would begin to flow in us. John chapter 15, uh, 4, 5, and 6 in there, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branch. Well, what's flowing through the vine, it's flowing through the branch too. Go out there and cut, cut any tree and you'll find that the juice and the nutrients and the water that's flowing through the roots and the trunk, it's also flowing through the branch too. Why? Because of union. Because of union. So we see that there in, in John chapter one, verse four. He said, in him is life. And that life is the what? The light of men. John chapter 5, 21, 26, Jesus said, I'm a possessor of this life and I can give it away just as the Father does. John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, I came to give you this life so you would be a possessor of it too. John chapter 17, Jesus prays to the Father and says, I want them to be one just as we are one. And the same stuff you've given me, I'm giving it to them so we would be one, right? So now I want you to turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's see if I can... Find it in this, this Bible right here. You have one of those Bibles, you know, you've written so many notes. I mean, you don't have to know the reference. You just know the page. Well, that's, that's where I'm at with that one. <laughs> so John chapter 15, I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. Verse 45, it says, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, says, it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul, living being. The last Adam became a what? A life-giving what? Spirit. Jesus, the last Adam, was a what kind of spirit? Someone who came to give life. Same word, life, zoe. He was a life-giving spirit. So this, this, again, it gives us some clue here as to where this life might actually be. Where? Not in your body, in your, in your spirit. A life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual didn't come first. The natural proceeds, the spiritual. The first man was from the dust of the earth. The second man is Yahweh from the realm of heaven. The first one made from dust has a race of people just like him, made of dust. The one sent from heaven also has a race of heavenly people who are just like him. Once we carried the likeness of the man of dust, but now let us carry the likeness of the man of... In other words, that first man was made of the dust, but the second man was made from heaven. And you and I, when we were born again, we were made in the image of him. We're a spirit being born of heaven, birthed from heaven, born from God, filled with everything that he is so we could represent him with perfection on the earth. What was on the inside of the Father? Life. What was on the inside of Jesus? Life. What's on the inside of us when we get united with him? Life. So that means if you've been born again, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that life is literally on the inside of you right now where you're sitting in these chairs. You're not having to die and get to heaven so you can get this life. It's literally on the inside of you right now. Jesus came so you could have this. He came so you could have this. He came so you could have this. 
Now, I'm gonna stop here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a story. So we were teaching along these lines several years ago. I was in Portland, Oregon, and we were teaching along these lines, and there was a woman sitting back here in the, in the center section in the very back. And while we're teaching, she raises her hand, and she said, Chad, uh, she said, something's happening to my neck. And I, I said, well, what's going on? She said, well, I have a tumor on my neck. It's about the size of a golf ball, golf ball. It's shrinking. <laughs> and I said, well, come up here. Let's watch. So she came up here. <laughs> so she came up here and she stood right there and I stood right beside her. And no joke, we didn't lay hands. We didn't pray or anything. No joke. Things about the size of a golf ball. It's getting smaller. And we just sat there and watched it just smaller and smaller and it just disappeared what was it life I mean you just began to talk about it and see the wonderful thing about this subject is it gets your eyes off of you and it gets your eyes back on Jesus it gets your eyes off your works and your confession and you're doing this and you're doing that and it just gets your eyes back on Jesus because it's all about the grace of God that puts you in that position of righteousness and yet it's also the grace of God that that allows you to live from that place of righteousness and experience those things of righteousness, not you. Well, at the same time that was happening, there was a woman that was sitting on the second row over here and she had a growth in her chest that she could see and she could feel and it started dissolving. Well, then her husband that was sitting next to her, he was completely deaf in one ear and his ear popped open. <laughs> but then there was another woman that was sitting over here that had gotten in a bad car wreck and the wreck was so bad, it broke her back in several places. They had to put a steel rod in her back and they had to fuse her right ankle because it shattered her ankle. And because of the impact, it shifted her uh, leg and her hip up. So her, her right leg was shorter than the other. Well, all these things are happening. And so, it, you know, it, it starts causing faith to rise in the place. And so she comes up and I say, what's going on? And she tells me. And so I just put my hands on her shoulders and as we began to minister to her, I see her doing like this. I didn't know if she's getting her groove thing on or what, you know, but she started moving like this. And I said, what's going on? She said, something's happening in my back. And I said, what? She said, it literally feels like somebody just stuck their hand in my back. And she said, something's moving in my back. And I said, well, it ain't me, honey. I ain't touching you back there, you know. She says, something's moving her back. And I said, well, try it out, move, do something. So she starts arching and bending, doing stuff you shouldn't do with a steel rod in your back. I don't know if the thing was being removed or turning into rubber or what, but something was happening. Somebody stuck their hand in her back and moving, changing things. And I said, well, if that's happening, what about your ankle? Remember, she had had this thing surgically fused by the doctors. She had no movement and her ankle was completely stiff. So when she walked on her right foot, it was this. She couldn't bend it, couldn't rotate it, couldn't do anything. So she's standing there and, and these things are happening to her back. And I said, what about your foot? And she goes, well, oh my God. And she starts moving and all, all the movement, all the rotation. I mean, I don't know if new bones came back in place or what. But all of a sudden, all the rotation and movement's back in her ankle. And I said, well, if that's happening in your ankle, what do you think's happening into your leg? And so we brought her up and we set her down on, uh, on a chair and then we put her leg on another chair. As soon as that foot hit the chair, that thing began to do this. I mean, it was still in my thunder. I wasn't getting to pray. I wasn't, I wasn't getting to show people how anointed I was, you know. Wasn't getting to spit and throw stuff and fire. I wasn't getting to do anything. 
you know, Beavis and Butthead, fire, fire, fire. <laughs> so, so all these wonderful things were happening. But what it was is we were getting people's focus on what was on the inside of them. And I found that the more spirit conscious you become, the more God conscious you become, everything out here just starts lining up. And the reason I'm telling you that, I mean, I've got story after story after story after story after story of this. Literally all over the world, lots of different countries, every continent, different denominations, large church, small church, hip church, boring church, same thing. Here's another story. So talk about boring church, okay? So I was up in this church up in Illinois. I mean, dead as dead could be. I mean, dead. And it wasn't just the people were old. This thing was dead. It, it was a particular denomination, a spirit-filled denomination, particular denomination. And they brought me up there. And uh, my friend was the associate pastor. He was a Rhema grad. So they brought me up there and we're in about 15 minutes. And I'm kind of teaching on some of these things, just about, I'll teach about union and oneness with Christ. And about 15 minutes goes in. There's probably about 150 people there. It's a very elderly church. About 15 minutes in, I can tell this is going nowhere. I mean, I might as well just walk to the back wall and preach to the wall. I've got better response, you know? And if you've been there, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Just, just it's not resonating at all. It's just going ahead. And so I did not plan this. It just came out of my mouth, I guess out of frustration. Literally 15 minutes in, I stopped. And I said, this is going nowhere. <laughs> what a way to, way to motivate them. But I mean, I was just kind of... <laughs> I said, this is going nowhere. And then it just came out of my mouth. Let me show you that what I'm talking about is true. And then once I said it, it was... <laughs> Let me put it back in my mouth. Because you never know what's going to happen after that, you know. You're putting yourself on the line. And so I said this. I said, who here has got some back issues? I knew there were some back issues. It wasn't a word of knowledge. I, there was no gift of the Spirit in operation at all. I knew there had to be some back issues, you know. I mean, I could have got real spiritual with it and said, Lord, show me, reveal. No, I just, I knew there was going to be some back issues. I'm looking at the people. And so, I mean, there's always back issues, you know, there's always back issues. And so all, the, all these hands go up, you know. And so there's this lady sitting like right here in the second row, right here in the edge. And, I said, and she had her hand up. And I said, ma'am, what's going on with you? And she said, well, I, I've got lower back pain. I said, well, you'll work. Come on up here. So... <laughs> <laughs> so as she's walking up, I get about right here. And of course, you know, I, I, and I had a headset mic on. She gets right here and she goes, oh yeah, by the way, I, I was born with a short leg and a club foot. Like, Dang it, man. Dang it. I was not asking for that, right? I just wanted an easy little back type of thing. But she said it in my mic and I just said, let me, let me show you that what I'm talking about is true. And so, you know, you don't show it on the outside. You act like you know what you're doing. You always act like you know what you're doing to instill confidence. But on the inside, I mean, I about wet my pants. Because I've never, I've never, I never prayed for somebody with a club. I've never seen a club foot. I knew what it was. And I'll tell you, when she took her shoe off, it scared me. <laughs> but I mean, what are you going to do? You can't back down. I'm 15 minutes into this thing and it's not, it's not going good. And then I just kind of put my reputation and everything on the line. 
And so I said, well, come up here. So we sat her, her down on the stage and it was her left, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it was, it was her left foot. And so she takes her shoe off. And if you've never seen a club foot, it looks like this. And so I turned my back to the crowd so they didn't see my face. And it looked like this and it's short. It's like this. And so she was, she was sitting right there about where that microphone is at. And I stood about right here and we just spoke to it. All of a sudden, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. All of a sudden, this started happening. And when it went, and it was obvious it was growing because it was pretty short. All of a sudden, all the kids that were sitting, the teenagers back there, they run up here with their cell phones. And they start, they start filming it with their cell phones. Well, when they start doing their cell phones, all the other people get up and they start going up there too. So they can watch. This thing grows out. And as soon as they got here, this foot starts doing this. When that happened, I had them. I had them. And what, 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 what was dead like a cemetery for 15 minutes? I mean, the only thing different between that and a funeral home, they was in a casket. That was it. But after that happened, oh my God. For four hours, the next four hours, I'm not exaggerating, for four hours, miracle after miracle after miracle. We had four sets of deaf, and I'm not talking about little deaf. I'm talking about old people like deaf, deaf, deaf. Four sets of deaf ears popped open. We had two, two people, and we had a nurse there that we were helping to kind of confirm some stuff. There was a guy that had scoliosis so bad, he had a button-down shirt, okay? He had a button-down shirt. When you looked at him from the front, it looked like this. I put my hands on his shoulders. And I mean, you didn't need much confirmation, but the nurse came up and was filling on his back and was showing where the curves were. I put my hand on his shoulders and we just released life. No joke. I wish we didn't have this on camera, but his shirt started doing like this. That sucker straightened up. And then it happened again for somebody else. Then at the same service, there was a young girl. She didn't go to church. She was 20 years old. And cute little girl, but I felt sorry for her because she had her hair hanging down on this side of her face. She wasn't trying to be like goth or anything, but she was covering up this side of her face because she was paralyzed on this side of her face. She'd been in a really, really bad car wreck six months before, and it paralyzed this side of her face. She couldn't smile. She, she couldn't drink out of a straw. I mean, literally, it was, it was like she had a stroke almost. She didn't, but it looked like somebody had had a stroke. And so she's sitting here and seeing, I mean, literally four hours. I'm not exaggerating, not preaching. Four hours. All these things are happening like popcorn, just one after another. Well, her aunt had brought her to this service. And so she's seeing all these things. And so she comes up, she's standing here. And I looked at her and I said, she told me what happened. I said, well, wouldn't it be great to smile again? And she said, yeah. And I said, you've been seeing all the miracles that's happening? And she said, yeah. And I said, what if you could smile? She said, oh, that'd be great. Say, yeah, but that life that's on the inside of you, what, what if that life that's on the inside was so great that it's already operating in your body right now? She didn't go to church. She was Christian, but didn't go to church. She said, oh, that'd be cool. I said, yeah, but what if, what if it really was working right now? She said, well, that'd be great. And I said, why don't you go ahead and smile? She said, well, I don't know. I said, no, no, you can, because what's on the inside, go ahead and smile. And so she kind of squeaked out a squeaker of a smile. And I just played it up big time. It's like, whoa, look at that big smile. Look at that gorgeous smile. Look at that. And she goes, really? 
I said, yeah, do it again. So she went to smile and smiled a little bit bigger. I said, look at that, do it again. She smiled a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and all of a sudden all the feeling came back in her face. And she got so excited. Of course, I'd be excited too. And then the, the aunt came back to the night service and she told me, she said, Chad, I've got to tell you, one of the greatest miracles, she said, we went to the restaurant. She was so excited because she ordered a Dr. Pepper and was able to drink out of a straw. You forget about the little things. But I tell you all that to tell you this, that's happening right now. You don't have to have somebody lay hands on you because somebody got in you. And what's flowing in Jesus, it's literally flowing in your spirit right now. And the more that we talk about it, the more conscious and aware we become of it, it just starts seeping into your body. Now, let me show you this by scripture. Look at 2 Corinthians. So if you need to, something's happening, you feel something going on, if you need to jump up, run around, slap somebody, go for it. We'll, we'll jump and rejoice with you. You know, while you're turning there, I told this, this story to the, the uh, first service this morning, but you know, I, I've been really impressed with kids here lately, the faith of kids. I was down in Beaumont, Texas a couple of weeks ago, and the service was going along. We're, we're seeing a lot of cool stuff happen. And there was, it was getting real late. And so I said, hey, you know, uh, we're gonna keep going. But if, if there's some of you that are here, you need to go. We understand, no condemnation. Just go and do what you need to do. And I said, but if you have to leave, is there anybody that needs us to pray for you before you leave? Well, this little girl raises her hand. She's in the very back. Little girl raised her hand. She's eight years old. So I walked back there and I said, well, what's going on? And she said, well, uh, she said, I, I, I messed up my hip. Uh, about a month ago and I can't run. And so the mom was right there and she said, well, yeah, she, she hurt, uh, hurt herself, it popped. And we've been to the doctor and they're trying to figure it out, but she can't really run or do anything without a lot of pain. And she said, we were gonna go, I've been trying to go for, <laughs> for about 15 minutes. And she told me, she said, I'm not going until that guy prays for me. Eight years old. And so I laid hands on her. I said, well, right before I did, I said, what do you think is gonna happen? She said, Jesus is going to heal me. Eight years old. So I laid my hands on her. And so I said, well, let's go walk around a little bit. So we started walking. And then she went from a walk to a run. And all of a sudden, a, a big smile got on her face. And I said, what's going on? She said, I don't hurt anymore. I don't hurt anymore. I don't hurt anymore. Well, this was last week in Warner, Oklahoma, just on the other side, of, you know, 45 minutes on the other side of Tulsa. Warner, Oklahoma, there was a woman who uh, she had heard about some things that were going on. So she flew from California to little bitty Warner, Oklahoma. And she brought her seven-year-old daughter and her infant daughter. Her seven-year-old had been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And because of that, she was experiencing chronic pain, severe, intense pain, pain that was so bad that they had, and they were trying to figure out what was wrong. They didn't really know what was wrong. So they just labeled it an autoimmune disease but they were giving her uh, medication that they give to cancer patients, trying to figure this out. And the mom said that, that the, the medication was so severe, uh, had such a severe effect to the body that she actually had to take another pill to coat her stomach so that the cancer medication wouldn't eat her stomach, just so she wouldn't be in pain, that little girl. And so the mom told the little girl, hey, we're gonna fly out to Oklahoma and go to these meetings. And so before they were gonna go, and she'd been telling the little girl and showing her some stuff. This girl's seven years old. 
tells the little girl, we're going to go out there. Hey, let's go and take your meds before we go. The little girl, the mom's telling me this on Monday night. We ministered to her on a Sunday night. She said the little girl, seven years old, put her hand in her mother's face and said, no, I don't want the medication because I want to be able to feel it when Jesus heals me. Seven. Seven. And the mom said, well, okay, you know, that's, that's great. Praise the Lord. And so, you know, long story short, uh, she, they're there, they get there Sunday night. My, my wife and I, we laid hands on her, put the life of God in there. That starts flowing, and all of a sudden, she was able to run and play and, and jump and do things she couldn't do. The mom said the next morning at the hotel, she went out swimming and playing and having fun, was in no pain. She said typically before that, if she went an hour or two without the medication, she'd be in such severe pain, she'd be crying. Seven years old, she said, I don't want the meds. I want to be able to feel it when Jesus heals me. I mean, this is just this childlike faith. Just get out of the way. This isn't about you. This is all about, all about him and what he's already done for us on the inside of us. So right here in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I want to show you what this life will do for your body. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. He's the one who's cascaded his light into us. The brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. He said, let the, the, the one who said, let this light shine out of darkness is the one who's shown this light in us. Now, I want you to think about this. This is one of the, the, one of the greatest things I, I've seen in a while. So in Genesis, when God's creating, the very beginning, the first thing that he does is, is what? He said, light, let light be. Light be and light was, right? Light be, light was. This was not when he created the sun, right? Come on, all of our little Bible scholars, he did not create the sun the first time. He said, light, let light be. It, it was like what? Day two, day three, smart people. When was it when he created the sun? Somewhere, somewhere down there, all right? So he said, let light be. Well, it wasn't when he made the sun. It was when he released himself into the universe, all right? Now, I want you to get this. I mean, this is some running, shouting stuff right here. <laughs> he said, light be, light was. Well, God is what? Light. And remember, remember John chapter one, verse four, in him was life and that life was the light of men. So right here in second Corinthians, he says that the God who said light be, okay. So, so Genesis, God says light be, and he releases himself. He releases light himself into the universe, the substance of himself. He releases life, light to the universe. Now, for those of you that pay attention to science, science tells us that the universe has been expanding at the speed of light for, I mean, a long time, a long time. And the universe is still expanding. It's been expanding the entire time. I mean, you know, you walk outside and you look at the stars and you're not really seeing the light from today. You're seeing the light from billions and trillions, however long from way back then, but the universe is still expanding. And the life of God is so great, it's so magnificent, that when God released it to the universe, the universe is massive and as expansive and great and awesome as it is, it cannot contain the life and light of God. When you walk outside at night, I would encourage you, and I do this all the time, I go outside where nobody can see me, they think I'm nuts and weird, but I go outside, I just look. And I just look up at what's in the sky. 
and just look how magnificent it is and how big it is. I mean, massive. But the universe, is as, as big as it is, it cannot contain what was released into it. In other words, when God said, light be, and He released Himself, the universe has been doing this for billions and billions and billions and billions of years. As great as it is, and, and the hundreds of millions of galaxies that are out there and all the things that are being formed, it cannot contain all that God is. And God said, the, the Bible says, the same God that said, light be, and release himself into the universe. Look at the next verse. Verse seven. And we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within. All right, let me break it down. He just said, what God released into the universe, and the universe is doing this, saying, I can't contain it, I can't contain it, I can't contain it, I can't contain it. He said, what the universe can't contain, you as a spirit can. Why? Because you were made in His image, you were made in His likeness. He is a spirit, and you are a spirit, and all that He is, He put on the inside of you. So you ought to walk out there tonight and look at what's up there and say, man, that's awesome, but I'm even more. Because look at you up there. You can't contain what's on the inside of my spirit. And yet what God released out there allowed for everything else to be created and sustain life. And yet God put that on the inside of your spirit. And yet, he didn't just put it on the inside of your spirit so that your spirit would be born again and we could walk around like it's a trophy saying, I've got the life of God in me. Because then he goes on to tell what it will do for your body. The very next verse, he says, we're, we're constantly dying. The, that, 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 that the death of Jesus, Right? Anybody got a new King James? I'm, I'm losing my train of thought. You got a new King James? Smart people. Second Corinthians chapter. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter four, verse seven. He said, "We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power." Okay, we're not talking about just good standards, morals, and conduct. That the power of God, that there would be of God and not of us. We're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Why? You, you can't crush. What's on the inside of you can't, can't be crushed. It can't be defeated. Why? Remember in John chapter 1, verse uh, 4, it says, In him is life, and that life is the light of men. Verse 5, And the light always overcomes it. The darkness can't conquer it. It can't overcome it. Why? Light is far greater. We're crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Verse 10, Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, so that the life of Jesus would be made manifest in our body. Not that it would just be in your spirit, but that it would also get into your body. And then for all the people who would say, well, he's just talking about your spiritual body when you get to heaven, because you know, Jesus, he just came so you could be spiritually healed. Well, then he breaks it down for the knuckleheads. Verse 11 he said, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus would be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Yes. 
our mortal flesh. This is not the body that you, that you get when you get to heaven that has this life in it and can have this life in it. He's talking about the body that you have right now, the body that's sitting in that chair right now. He said, we have this life on the inside of our spirit so it would make manifest in our body. Just like we saw there in Genesis chapter two, that what's on in the inside will begin to, to make manifest and affect the outside. And yet we know these scriptures. Uh, Romans chapter eight, verse 11, it says what? The same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit giving what? Zoe, giving life to your mortal bodies, quickening your mortal bodies, giving life to your mortal bodies, your bodies that are subject to death, giving life to these bodies giving life to these bodies. Ephesians chapter one, one of the great Pauline prayers that we refer to, verses 15 through 21, Paul prays this great prayer. He said, I pray this for you daily. He said, I pray that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that, or knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know and he says, notice he said that you would know, not that you would have something. He said, I'm not praying for God to give you something. I'm praying that you would know something. I'm praying that God would give you revelation and insight into some things that he's already done for you. And there was three things that he lays out. He said, first of all, he said, I pray that you would have wisdom and revelation, that you would understand the hope of his calling or the plan of God for your life. I want you to know God's plan for your life. Number two, he said, I pray that you would give great insight and revelation and to the inheritance that God has in the saints. And he said, number three, I pray that you would have wisdom and revelation and great insight and know the exceeding greatness of his power which he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. That's not only for you, but also in you. Paul did not pray like the church today. The church today is saying, Father, give us that power. Of course, we sing it, you know, same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in me. It's in me, but we don't believe it. We don't believe it. So we still ask for it. We don't. But Paul said, <laughs> Paul said, Father, this power, this dead raising power, this life that you put on the inside of them, I pray that you would give them great revelation and help them to understand what they have. What they have. But see, it goes back to what Jesus was, was doing. If you don't know you have it, you can't use it. You can't use it for yourself and you can't release it for other people because this is not just about you. This is also about a world that needs you. We have to understand you and I, we are Christ on this earth. That is not a sacrilegious statement. We, are, we don't have a problem saying we're ambassadors. Well, what do you think an ambassador is? It's a sent one to represent him, to speak on his behalf, to do on his behalf, to do it just like him. But it gets even better though, because Jesus is the head, we are the body. We are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ in that particular situation where death is and life needs to be released. You're the body of Christ. You are Christ in that situation. You are the redeemer. You are the one to set people free in that particular situation. You are Jesus right there. But Paul didn't have problems with statements like that because he said in Galatians chapter two, what? Verse 20, it's no longer I who lives, it's Christ who lives in me. For the life that I live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave his life for me. But then he goes on to the next verse that we don't talk much about. And he said, and I do not set aside the grace of God. I do not set aside the grace of God. 
Because see, we're real confident I'm a brand new creature in Christ. But once we get there, then we start doing just like the Corinthians who Paul was bad-mouthing and bashing, saying, you foolish Corinthians, what is your problem? By faith, you got in him, but now by works, you're trying to live it out. It doesn't work that way. And that's one of the things that's happened in a lot of our faith circles. We're working our butts off and we're not getting paid. Because we believe, we believe in, in, in faith for salvation that it's by grace. But all of a sudden when it comes to healing, now it's what do I need to do? But it was a package deal. It was a package deal. When I, when I was forgiven, I was also healed. If you weren't here this morning, you need to go back and listen to it. When I was forgiven, I was healed. It's about righteousness. It's about righteousness. Look at uh, Romans chapter 8 real quick. Some of you, you might need to start trying out some stuff that was hurting you before. You realize it ain't hurting you anymore. You might need to check some stuff. If you need to go to the bathroom and check it, go check it. <laughs> Wash your hands and then come back and tell us. Social distance, you know. <laughs> so I'm contemplating statements. Romans chapter 5. <laughs> Romans chapter 5 and verse 21, he says this. This is out of the Passion. He said, Just as sin reigned through death, so also this sin-conquering grace will reign as king through righteousness, imparting eternal life, imparting life, zoe, the life of God, imparting life through Jesus. We, we, could spend, we could spend another hour just on this verse right here. That grace, grace is wanting to reign as a king in this life. How does grace reign? When we get into, grace puts us in the position of righteousness. And it's in this position of righteousness, it produces life. It produces life. So we've been put into the position. We've been put into this place of union, right? But if we don't start changing the way that we think, and stop thinking like a sinner because a sinner thinks I'm still trying to get healed. But we pointed out to you this morning, even old covenant people understood healing is already mine. I've got the ball. I'm on offense. It's mine to lose. Old covenant people understood that. Under the new covenant, we don't even understand that. Old covenant people understood healing is already mine. It's mine to lose. But under the old covenant, they were still subject to death. They were still subject to sickness, still subject to disease. But under the new covenant, you and I, we died to it. I said, we died to it. This is why Paul goes on and on and on in Romans chapter six and said, consider yourself to be dead to sin, dead to sickness and disease, but alive unto God. But he said, consider. Well, you don't have to consider something to be true that's obvious to you. So you and I have got to start doing some considering of what's on the inside so it will affect what's on the outside. Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6, he said, to be carnally minded will produce what? 
death carnally minded, when you start thinking like a sinner, it still connects you to this death realm. Even though you've been set free, I am free, I am free, it still connects you to this death realm, so you're not. And it's not God holding out on you, it's not God causing you a problem, and in some ways, it's not even the devil, it's you just still thinking like a sinner. All, all through the, the, the New Testament, Paul's, I mean, he's hammering and hammering and hammering. Do something with your stinking thinking. Colossians chapter three, verse one through three. Set your mind on the realities of heaven for you've died and your life is now hidden in, come on. Romans chapter 12, verse two. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this death realm. Do not be conformed to this curse, but be transformed. Or you could say be conformed to the world you're from by doing what? By renewing your mind, changing the way that you think so you can prove the will of God. So you can prove the will of God. Not so that God can prove his will, so you can prove the will of God. Why? Because you were put in the position to prove the will of God. You were given the authority. You were given the power. You were given the life. You were put in the position to represent him and speak on your behalf. If God expected an unsaved former murderer in Moses to stand before the Red Sea and lift up his rod and him divide it, don't you tell me that God's gonna expect less of us. Moses wasn't saved. He was a sinner. He was a murderer. How many of you killed somebody? Don't raise your hand. If you hadn't killed somebody, you're, you're much better. You're in a far greater position. But what, you even see it in the Old Testament though. God was saying, take what I've given you and do something with it. That rod, it represented the anointing. And when Moses stood there and said, hey, everybody be quiet, calm down. Let's just praise, let's, let's watch and see what God's going to do. I mean, it was actually a great faith statement. But God responds and says, hey, why are you whining unto me? Take up your rod, stretch it out, and you divide the sea. Isn't it interesting that, that, that Elijah and Elisha, you see them do the very same thing, right? They knew that they had something. When Elisha saw Elijah's mantle fall down, you don't see God get mad when Elisha goes and picks up that mantle, says, where's God? Bang! Wanted to see some proof. And once he saw some proof, he knew that he had something. He knew he was a possessor of something. He was a possessor of some ratty old nasty stink of cloth. But he had a lot of faith that what was in that cloth would produce something miraculous. And yet you're something better than a ratty old stinky, snotty little smelly cloth. You don't have just a little bit of the anointing in there. You've got the whole shebang. You've got him. Come on. You don't have just a little bit of the Holy Spirit. Don't buy into this thing that Jesus had the full measure and you got a little bit. I can't do what Jesus did if I only have a little bit of the Holy Ghost. If I'm gonna do what Jesus did and then even greater, I gotta have everything he had. And that's where it gets even greater because I'm not one with the Christ who walked on the earth. I'm in union with the glorified Christ who's seated at the right hand of God. Come on, I'm not one with the one who walked on the earth because when Jesus walked on the earth, don't get mad, but he wasn't walking in all authority and all power. It was only after he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, he stripped Satan of everything he had, and then he stood before the disciples, and for the very first time in his life and ministry, he stood up and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me, now go. I'm giving it to you, now go. You've got it better than when Jesus walked on the earth. 
And then do you understand what is our stinking problem? We're praying for God to give us more and you actually have more than what Jesus did when he walked on the earth. <laughs> Come on, we read it in Romans this morning. Romans chapter six. That the same life that Jesus lives is the same life you and I are to live right now. That you and I, because of redemption, you and I are to walk in a new type of life. What type of life? The life that Jesus lives right now. Come on, you don't have a problem when you read 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. As he is, present tense, at the right hand of God in heaven, so are we where? In this world. Why? Because I'm one with him and he's one with me. All that he is, is resident on the inside of me. But as long as I'm looking at this, as long as I'm looking at my experiences, as long as I'm looking at my degrees, as long as I'm looking at my mistakes, as long as I'm looking at my achievements, it ain't gonna work. Whether it's unrighteousness or self-righteousness, if it's not the righteousness of God in him, I can say all I wanna say, I can sing the songs, I can confess the scriptures, it's not gonna work. Why? Because I'm basing it off of me. And that is not grace, that is works. He said, grace puts you in that position of righteousness. So I've been looking at it like this, that grace is the vehicle. And it's the only vehicle that will ride on this highway of righteousness. And that highway, it will always, and I mean always, always, always produce life. But it's a very, very, very narrow road. But as with that road, there's a ditch on either side. On one side of the ditch is, is unrighteousness. In other words, I'm not good enough. And there's a whole lot of Christians that are there. I'm just a worm under a bucket of scum. And if I could just, if I could just barely make it through the pearly gates and give Peter a high five as I just slide on in, I barely make it, woo, I mean, I'll be happy. <laughs> but I mean, if you just read your Bible, it tells us that you and I, in him, we've been made perfect. We've been made complete. Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you and I are complete in him. If you wanna know what you're really like, look at him. It's you. I mean, we're separate, we're, 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 we're two, but we're also one. When Paul talks about it in Ephesians 5, and, and we think he's talking about a marriage and a husband and wife, two becoming one, then Paul goes on and says, but yeah, I'm really not talking about man and woman. I'm talking about you and Jesus. I'm talking about the church and the head. I'm talking about a oneness here, that you become bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And you got some bone issues here. Guess what? You got some brand new bones. Got some skin diseases. I remember doing this youth camp up in Spokane, Washington. One of the greatest miracles I've ever seen. And it was happening to a bunch of teenagers. There was 200 teenagers up in uh, about an hour from the Canadian border. We were doing this youth camp. I mean, same thing happened up at that dead church that happened in this youth camp. Miracles start exploding in this place with a bunch of teenagers. There was a young man that was sitting, he'd be sitting right here. He had, I mean, thick Coke bottle type, I mean, thick glasses. And while I'm ministering, I see him doing this. Well, then he gets up and walks to the back and it was a gymnasium. It was about a hundred foot from the very back to the front. They had a screen like this and the words and lyrics. And I see him in the very back doing like this. Well, then he comes and sits down and has his glasses off. 
So all these miracles start happening. And, and there was this girl, there was a camp counselor. She was sitting in this, this fourth chair here. She raised her hand. She said, Chad, you have to come see this. And I said, what? She said, you just have to come see. So I walk over there and there's this girl and she had a, a little uh, sleeveless top on and her shorts. You could see she had a skin disease. I mean, red whelps and just, just patchy, just, ugh, it was kind of gross. All over her body. I mean, topped all over her body. I said, what's going on? She said, it's disappearing. So what are you talking about? I'm sitting there looking, and while I'm looking, I see it doing this. It was like somebody went up and got an eraser on a chalkboard or whiteboard and just started doing this. All the teenagers, we, they all run up and we're all sitting here just doing like this and watching. I mean, just in awe, in awe. And I mean, within a few minutes, we, I mean, we watched it just disappear. And in a few minutes, it was all gone. And in the same, same service, there was a girl, she had, uh, she had popped her shoulder out of socket. She was a swimmer. So she had really messed up her, her, her ligaments and tendons in her shoulder real bad. It had popped out. We're an hour from the Canadian border out with bears and stuff. There's no hospital or anything. And so she comes up and she's standing here like this. I didn't even have to ask. I knew what, what had happened. Just sitting here. But I asked, I said, what's going on? She said, well, my shoulder popped out. I didn't even touch her. I just spoke to it. So in the name of Jesus Christ, we command you to be right. All of a sudden, this thing lifts up like this, pops in. She lifts her hand, starts crying and praising God. <laughs> then a boy that had torn his ACL, he took off running and he got healed. <laughs> All these things start happening. Well, this boy right here that had the glasses, I said, what's going on with you? He said, well, I started noticing that my vision was getting blurry with my glasses on. And he said, so I took them off and realized I could see without them. Well, his youth pastor came up to me afterwards. He said, Chad, he said, you don't realize how big of a deal this is. He said, that dude was legally blind. Like, like so bad off, if he didn't have his glasses on, he would walk into you, wouldn't see you. Completely healed. The next year I came back to the camp. The first guy I saw was him. He saw me getting out of the car. He starts yelling, hey, Chad, remember me? No glasses. <laughs> I was down in Houston a couple months ago and there was a, you know, down in Houston, down there in Southeast Texas, there's all the refineries, you know? And there was a guy, he was sitting back here and he had been in an explosion at a DuPont refinery about 30 years ago. And it messed up his hip and it messed up his shoulder. And he couldn't lift his shoulder because he got thrown around in the explosion. And so we're going along and people are getting healed. And this guy raises, I asked if there's anybody else and, and this guy raises this hand. And I said, what's going on? And he said, what's well, my shoulder? I messed up my shoulder in an explosion 30 years ago. And I said, well, I said, which shoulder is it? He says, my left one. So I started walking to him. I said, well, what's the deal? And he said, well, I can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> well, well, I guess I can. I said, you liar, you lied in church just to get it. You just wanted some attention, you know? He said, no, no, really. Like, I couldn't do this before I came in. Like, I couldn't lift my hand. I could only go like this. So we're praising God and stuff, and we're going on and ministering to other people. About 10 minutes later, all of a sudden, the guy screams out, my hip just got healed. <laughs> like, what? He said, yeah, I was just sitting here, and my hip popped. I stood up, and I'm healed. But like, this is what happens because of what God put on the inside of you. And you know what the most marvelous thing was? The guy said this, we were getting his testimony afterwards. He said this, the crazy thing is I didn't even come to get healed. He said, I heard it was a healing meeting. He said, I don't even go to this church. I just came to watch the miracles. 
He's not just came to watch. Why? You know what? This wasn't in the way. This wasn't in the way. It's always interesting to me when we go to, to minister to people, all of a sudden they get in pray in tongues mode. They get serious. They get stiff. We start getting holy. Because we, we feel like we got to do something. I got I to do something to make this work. It's not about you. Because if you're not in that one side of the ditch of thinking you're not good enough, then you're on the other side of the ditch thinking, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And how many people, it wouldn't be anybody here, but how many people do you know that will sit there and tell you, I don't understand why I'm not healed. I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. I don't understand. Well, you just told me your problem. I mean, not to be insensitive and mean, but I mean, let's just be real. That's the problem. And we've all been there. I've done that. I've been there, done that, you know, won the trophy. Like I've done that. But, but that's a lot of our problem. Most of us are in one of those ditches. And we've got to get out of the ditch because in the ditch is the devil. And in the ditch is death. It tells you right there in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6, those that are carnally minded, it produces death. You can be redeemed from death. You can be set free from the grip of death. But if you're still thinking like a sinner, if you're still seeing all these things, like you've got to do something, and it's all based on you, you're still going to produce death. But he said to be spiritually minded will produce life. Zoe, life. It will produce life, and it will produce peace, wholeness. And where's that life? It's on the inside of you. And what was it meant to do? Affect your body. So quite literally, it's literally on the inside of you right now. But it's not there just for you. It's also there for you to give to other people. It's also there for you to give to other people. This life, this light. Now I'll end right here and then we'll start praying for some of you if we need to. But think about this. Moses, remember when Moses was on the mountain with, with God for 40 days and 40 nights and the Bible says that he came down off the mountain and he was shining, his face was shining so much it was freaking everybody out so he had to put a cloth on it. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that that was a fading glory. He said the glory of the old covenant, you know, it was good, but it was fading. And he said, but the glory of the new covenant is even greater than the one of the old. You see, Moses, he had gotten to the presence of God and this life of God, this light of God, it got into his skin. Well, we see Jesus, when Jesus was on what we call the mountain of transfiguration, he was up there praying, hanging out with God. And, and this is the only time that we get to see him and doing this, this one time, this particular time. And the Bible says that Jesus' body began to shine. It began to glow. So much so that not only his body began to glow, but then his clothes began to glow. It started getting off in his clothes. What was in his spirit, this glory was getting into his body and it was seeping out through his pores into cloth. Now, I want you to think about this. You have two guys here. Both of them, their bodies are shining because of God. But the Bible says that with Moses, it was fading. It was temporary. Under the new covenant, it's eternal. It's, it's everlasting. What was the difference? Because Moses wasn't saved. Moses' body began to shine and receive of life from the outside. He's hanging out with God. And what was on the outside with God was getting into his skin. But Jesus had God on the inside. And what was on the inside was flowing on the outside. See, Moses wasn't hooked up to an eternal source. His was temporary because as soon as he left the source, it started to fade. 
<laughs> but, but with Jesus, it didn't matter where he went, didn't matter where he was, because wherever he was, no matter the situation, he was always hooked to the, to the source because the source was in him. Jesus' glory was not fading. What was flowing into his body was not fading. Come on, Jesus said that, that in salvation, there's a well that you can dip from. It's an eternal well. But he also said there's rivers of living water that'll flow from the inside on the outside. Why? That well's for you to dip down into your salvation. And those rivers are for you to, to lead people, the, the public, the world, and to jump on into that thing. Moses's was fading. Jesus's was eternal. And yet even with Moses, that glory did not struggle to get into that body. Why? Because God made the body to be a receiver of the life of God. He made it that way. You don't see Adam, when he created the body, Adam going, I believe I receive, I believe I receive, I believe I receive, I believe I receive. No, the body was made to receive of it. It was very natural to receive of it. God made the human body to receive of his life, to receive of his light. And we see it with Moses, the sinner. But we also see it with Jesus, that what's on the inside can still flow on the outside. And we see it with Jesus in Luke chapter six, said the multitudes were just trying to touch him because power was flowing out of him. Where we, if it was flowing out of him, it had to be on the inside of him. Come on, Paul in Acts chapter 19 says that cloths were being taken from him, cloths and handkerchiefs, why? Because what was on the inside of him was flowing into his body and getting into his clothes, getting into the handkerchiefs, getting into the aprons. And they were taking that and putting it on people and diseases were leaving and, and demons were leaving. Why? The life of God, the light of God, it always supersedes the darkness. The righteousness of God, it always supersedes unrighteous. All that sickness and disease is, is unrighteousness in your body. That's all that it is. Stop looking at it as a big thing or a little thing. We pointed this out this morning. We don't look at sin as, as a big sin or little sin. I mean, maybe the world does, maybe a carnal Christian does, but we understand sin, sin. Whether you lied or you kicked the dog, it's still sin. Whether you lied or you stole, I mean, it may be bigger out here, but it's sin, sin, sin. Well, sickness is sickness. <clears throat> Sickness is sickness, whether it's cancer or a snotty nose. Sickness is sickness. The only reason it's big is because the world thinks it's big and we believe it. We're still thinking like sinners. We're still thinking like sinners. The world believes it's big, and so we've been raised in that, so we just think that it's big. But God doesn't think that it's big not denying issues and problems and stuff like that. But why don't we start looking on the inside and start thinking what's on the inside is big. Come on, we say it all the time. Greater is he who's in me. He who's in the world. We don't believe it. We don't. But we need to. Why do we not believe it? Because we're body conscious. We're, we're more conscious of this. And that all that we're trying to do right now in talking about these things is to try to, to inch us over just a little bit more and becoming a little bit more conscious of my spirit and what's on the inside of my spirit, the contents of my spirit. Because the more conscious I am of that, the more I can access what's on the inside. What, what you're most conscious of is what you're most connected to. And you're always connected to something. 
But what you're most conscious of will reveal to you what you're most connected to. And what you're most connected to, that's what's gonna be most real to you. And what's most real to you, that's what you're gonna have your faith on. And what your faith is on, that is what you will get. So you gotta determine, am I more connected to the realm of death or am I more connected to the realm of life? Well, how do I determine that? Well, how am I really responding? Am I seeing the things over in, in death as a big deal? If I am, I'm more connected here. Or am I really more conscious of, of who I am and what's on the inside? This life that'll remove a tumor, that'll cause a blind eye to see, a deaf ear to hear, that'll grow out a leg, that, that'll straighten a spine, that'll replace a liver, that'll replace a heart, that'll heal COVID pneumonia lungs. I mean, this life, it'll take care of anything, anything. And it's not just a spiritual sounding statement just to hype people up. No, it is a fact. It's actually science. Come on, if you ever wanted to believe the science, this is scientific. There, there is a chemical, a spiritual substance that God put on the inside of your spirit. You may not be able to see it, see it but you can feel it. And the more you begin to become aware of it, you'll begin to sense it. But it is a very, very, very real substance that's on the inside of your spirit. And God made that substance to be able to flow into your body and fill up every pore, every cell, every fiber of your being, every organ, every blood vessel, every piece of your body. So much so that it would not only keep you in divine health, but there would be such an excess, such a lavishness, such an excessiveness that was giving that it would not only take care of your body, but it would also flow out of your body. And just whoever you touch, it would begin to flow out of you and flow into them. That, that even when you weren't even expecting it, somebody that just found out you got some of that in you, they could come up and just touch you. Just let me touch you just for a second. You know, there's a great story Oral Roberts told. He said he was doing these, these big tent meetings, you know, back in the day. He said he did this meeting. It went long. He was super, super tired and he just wanted to go home. And so he's got some people escorting him out. He gets into the car and this lady runs up to him and banging on the window. And she said, Brother Roberts, Brother Roberts, you have to pray for my dad. You have to pray for my dad. And Brother Roberts rolls down the window and he said, look, I'm sorry, I'm just really, really tired. I need to go. And she said, I'm not leaving till you pray for my dad. And Brother Roberts said, that, he said this, he said, I just stuck my arm out and said, here. So she grabbed her father who was blind, put his hand on Brother Robert's arm and then took his hand off and said, thank you, Brother Roberts, and walked off. Well, Brother Roberts, or Roberts rolled up the window and they took off. Well, the next day, this man comes up to him and says, thank you, Brother Roberts, for praying for me. It was the blind man, and he was seeing. He was seeing. And then Oral Roberts said, the Lord spoke to him and said, and you don't get credit for that one. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> you didn't believe. He said, <laughs> he said, you don't get credit for that one. There was something just about, just touch me. There's something on the inside of me. Come on, Peter had this concept that he could just walk down, walk down the street. People said, if I could just get near him, there's a, there's a substance that's just flowing out of him. I may not be able to see it, but it's flowing out of him to such a degree. If I could just get around him. 
Come on, guys, if I could just get around him. And, and I'll dare to say that Peter did not have, have an understanding of some of the things that you and I do scripturally at this point. But the one thing Peter had a better understanding of you and I right now is he had a greater consciousness of the Christ on the inside of him than many of us do. So much so he sit, sit there before the man and say, hey, let me give you what I have. I don't have any money on me right now, not because I'm broke. I just don't have anything on me right now. But let me give you what I have. I can't give you something I don't know I have. Come on, this right here, the life of God, it is all throughout the Bible. It's there in the Old Testament. It's there with the prophets prophesying about it. It's there in the New Testament. It's there in Acts. It's there in the letters to the church. The life of God inside of the believer, it's been there the whole time. And there are millions upon millions upon millions of Christians who have died. And that life, the medicine of heaven, was on the inside of them the entire time. There's millions of Christians that are in the hospital and the life of God's only inside of their spirit while they're being pumped full of medicine and chemicals. And, and again, not condemning, not criticizing, not doing that all, but we need to understand that what's on the inside of you is far greater than what a doctor could put inside you. It's far greater. And friends, I'm not trying to be, trying to be uh, negative, but hey, there's some things coming down the pipeline there won't be a vaccine for. There's things coming down the pipeline there isn't gonna be a pill for. There's things coming down, down the pipeline there will be no answer for, there will be no cure for, but I'm telling you, if we do not get a hold of this right now, because we are supposed to be the answer. We are supposed to be the salt that preserves things. We are supposed to be the light. When the things get dark, the light actually shines, but the world is not looking to us yet. And we ought to take it, take it as a slap in the face that during all this COVID stuff, the government didn't call one spirit-filled faith preaching church and saying, can you help us? It's sobering. We're faith, healing, believing people. We can't even get a snotty nose healed because we think it's hard. We got to work up something. No, it's about what God put on the inside of you. It's about what God put on the inside of you. It's about what God put on the inside of you. It's not about how many degrees you get and, and being 20 and 30, 40 years saved and doing all these things. Thank God for education. I'm a big believer in education. I mean, I've gotten everything that I can. I believe in education, but there's no amount of education that could do for me what Jesus did for me on the inside. Yes, I developed my mind, and yes, I developed my understanding, and we can always grow in revelation and understanding. There's always gonna be things, even in eternity, we're still gonna be growing and developing in the things of God. But at what point in our existence in this world do we get to the point and realize, hey, maybe I do have enough word, enough revelation, enough understanding of some things that I could start to walk in this right now. If a seven-year-old who doesn't know squat about the Bible could say, I don't want the medicine anymore. I want to be able to feel it when Jesus heals me. But our answer is always, well, you need more word. You need more word. You need more word. How much more word do we need to make it work? Because Jesus said in John 14, verse 21, on the day of salvation, you'll know that I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, and I am in you, and I will manifest, I'll reveal myself to you. Not when you get 50 years old in Christ, the day you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can begin to experience the anointed one and his anointing, not only in your spirit, but flowing and manifesting in your body. And the more conscious we get of it, we can literally walk with a consciousness of it wherever we go and whatever we do. So when we encounter someone, 
who needs a dose, needs a touch of the life of God, we're very confident and we're very bold to give it away. And yet this is what the Great Commission was all about. Jesus said, go and preach this kingdom and lay hands on the sick. These will be signs and wonders and miracles that will follow. One of them is to lay hands on the sick. Well, we lay hands on them because we got something to give them. Too many of us are laying empty hands on people and wondering why we're not getting a result. You need to understand that when you go to minister to someone, you lay hands on them, you're literally about to put some spiritual substance, some, some stuff on the inside of them. You're literally gonna do it. Stop putting empty hands on people. Stop making it mechanical. Stop being rote with it. Stop just going through the motions because that's what we do. We gotta stop doing that. We gotta live from here. We gotta minister from here. We gotta release from here. Because this is where it's at. My spirit's righteous. My spirit's full of life. 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 And because my spirit's full of life, and we've been talking about it for forever. It's in my body. It's flowing in my body. Come on, I'm, I'm literally, I'm not gonna come pick you out, but some of you need to start trying some stuff out. You've been sitting there on your butt for too long. Get up and start allowing, by faith, this life to flow into your body. And those pains and aches and hurts and discomforts that you came in with, try to make it hurt. Come on, if you had an ankle issue, start checking it out, jump on it. If you had back issues, stand up, start bending around, do those things that were hurting you before. If you had a shoulder issue and you couldn't lift it up, go ahead and lift it up because you can. Maybe, just maybe, what you thought you didn't have, you actually already have right now. Maybe, just maybe, what you think you've been searching for for the last five years has literally been on the inside of you this entire time. Maybe, just maybe, what you thought you came to get healed of tonight, it was actually already on the inside. Maybe, just maybe, it was already working the entire time. Maybe, just maybe, you didn't need to come here just so somebody could lay hands on you because Jesus got on the inside of you. Maybe, just maybe, it already works. Maybe, just maybe, the shoulder already works, the hip works, the back works, the eyes work, the ears work. Come on, there's some ears being healed right now. Who, who some people had some ear issues? Is that you? Who some had some ear issues? What's going on? Vertigo, that's not an ear issue. I'm sorry, I was pointing at him anyway. <laughs> vertigo, so what's the vertigo, though? Makes you dizzy? It ain't gonna make you dizzy. Do something. I want you to try to make yourself dizzy. Go for it. I'll hold you. Come on, try to do something. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. But see, that's not normal. Well, bend over and stand up. I got you. See, look, vertigo is not normal for the believer. It's not normal, because why? Because you're from heaven. That's not normal for people from heaven. It's normal for people that their daddy's the devil. It's not normal for people who have God on the inside of them. It's not normal for people who have the life of God on the inside of them. What's normal is that our bodies, they function the way that God designed and created them for to be. That's the way that the body began to, to, to work. And see, even as you go up these stairs, you start seeing that that ain't gonna affect anything. Because the life of God, it's not about you trying to make anything happen. It's not about you trying to make anything happen. It's not about you trying to speak in tongues as fast as you can and say, hallelujah, 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 I believe, I believe, I believe. It has nothing to do with that. It's simply about the grace of God. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, he said in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, as you have received Christ, now walk in him. See, maybe you don't need to receive anything. Maybe you just need to walk in what you received when you received Jesus. 
Come on. A lot of us are trying to receive our healing, but you need to remember that you already received the source. And when you receive the source, maybe you just need to start walking in the byproducts. As you received him, now walk in him. What did Paul say in Acts? It's in him that we live. It's in him that we move. It's in him. It's in him that we move. 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 It's in him. It's not us. It's in him. It's in him. It's in him. It's in him. It's in him that I got. It's in him that I live. It's in him that I move. And in him, there's no vertigo. In him, there's no ear issues. In him, there's no joint issues. Come on, I'm bone of his bone. I'm flesh of his flesh. I'm one spirit with the Lord. First Corinthians 6, 17. I'm one spirit with him. One spirit with him. It's not about me. It's not about me. We've made it about us. Stop it. Stop it. It's not about you. It's not about you. Do those things you couldn't do before because you can't do them now. Yeah, so that was make. I saw it make you dizzy when you first stood up, yes. but it'll never do it again. <clears throat> not gonna do it again. Not gonna do it again. Because that's not normal. That's not normal. It's normal for the sinner. Why? They're not connected with God. They don't have a source of life on the inside. That's normal for the sinner. That is not normal for the Christian. It's not normal. 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 Not normal. Hallelujah. What's going on with your ears? I can't hear certain tones for low conversations. It, I mean, it's always been that way or accident or something? Uh, work. work. All right, well, come here. Let's lay hands on him. See, this ain't, this ain't about me. Yes. Lay hands on Because look, because look, what's flowing in you? Yes. Well, let's let it flow out. All right, come on. Is it this ear? Both ears? All right, you get one ear, I'll get the other ear. Okay. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your life that's flowing in us, flowing in her. It's flowing mightily like a mighty river. We thank you. We release it by faith into these ears. That these ears begin to function the way that you designed them to function. And he begins to hear the low tones, the high tones, the mid tones. Everything begins to work right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Simply because of who you are and what you've done. That life that's flowing out of us, that life that's flowing out of his spirit and flowing into his ears and flowing into his body and causing strength in his back muscles. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Strengthen his back as well. Hallelujah. Who else has some ear issues? There was a lady is, yeah. What's going on with you, sir? Like it was like a cut or something like that, or huh? Oh, that. Okay, okay. <clears throat> bad, knee. bad knees, the bad knee and the yeah. the sore. Is it the same leg? Okay. That's easy. Which one is it? This one here. Well, maybe it, maybe it works just fine. Maybe. You might want to try it. Now, I'm not going to say I'm going to catch you because I ain't even trying. So. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Hallelujah. Father, thank you for life. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you for a restoration of joy. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 That's life flowing in that leg, life flowing in that foot, causing that thing to heal up. The things begin to change on the inside. Pancreas is working the way it should be. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's walk around a little bit more. I'll just act like I'm a pseudo help. Praise the Lord. Go and bend it and move it around. Come on, life, the life of God flowing into your leg, flowing into your leg, flowing into your foot, mending that. Hallelujah. It's the medicine of heaven on the inside. You can walk around a little bit back here if you want to. Praise the Lord. Where the the woman right here? What was going on in your ears? Yeah, you. From like vertigo or something like that. That's what they said. Does it affect your hearing at all? Praise you, Jesus. Mega noise. All right. Come on. You get. <laughs> well, you're getting results, so, you know. You're getting results. So put your hands on her ears. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. We just thank you for life going in there. And that just needs to pop open right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So the same thing. You just go ahead and take her. Let's walk around. Hallelujah. So, so it's on the inside of you. It's, already, it's been in your spirit. It's in her spirit, my spirit, their spirit. So y'all walk around. <clears throat> How, who else has some ear issues? Anybody else has an ear issues? Yes, ma'am. What's going on? <laughs> okay. Can you hear with, without that? Can you, huh? Yeah. Can you hear right now? Yeah, I can hear, but it's real muffled. Okay. <laughs> so how, how long have you had that issue? <clears throat> Been a while. <laughs> Maybe a little longer. So how well can you hear without them? Um, not very well. Well, I can hear you 
Huh? Is it high things or low things or just? <clears throat> Keep talking. I'm getting more. You can hear the higher stuff. <laughs> you can hear the higher stuff. Oh, okay. So can you hear me right now? Yeah. Yeah, I was getting. I'm getting ready to cut off my mic. <clears throat> Do you realize that the older we get, the healthier we should get? Let me explain this to you. If Revelation is if Revelation is supposed to produce manifestations, right? I mean, we've kind of gotten away from that uh, for a while. That we're just we're just interested in being smart, and it really not working. We're just interested in being smart. But Revelation is actually supposed to produce. So if, if the older we get, we're getting more revelation on this. And as we get more revelation, it should produce manifestations. Then we should be getting healthier. Now, see, in the world, in this death realm cursed world, they believe that the older that you get, the, the more sickly that you get, the dumber that you get, the more you lose your eyesight, the more you lose your hearing, the more decrepit you get. You know, when you get 40s, you get the creaks, and 50s, you get the cracks, and 60s, you get the croaks, and 70, you can't even remember your name. That's why when people turn 40, you know, they bring out the black balloons and the wheelchairs and they have this stupid over-the-hill party and they celebrate death. You ever bring one of those to my birthday party? I'll kill you. <laughs> I'll, I'll slap you and then we'll raise you with the life of God. But it's the older we get, the healthier we should be getting. It's a total paradigm shift. If Moses, as a sinner and a former murderer, if he could live to be 120, live out the days that God said you could live out, and it says that his eyesight was still there, his strength wasn't diminished, a 120-year-old man climbed a mountain. Some of us are 30 and having a hard time going up the stairs. Some of us get 60 and have a hard time walking around and we laugh and we think it's funny. Well, you know, I'm just getting older, you know. It's just a part of life. Get saved. Because <laughs> it's not a part of the life that you got united to. That's not normal for us. It's not normal for us. So, 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 so when, when doctors and people are telling us that, hey, you know, this is just, this happens the older you get, I mean, you don't have to be disrespectful. I mean, okay, that's what you believe. That's what you see. And that's what we know that's normal out here. That's fine. But, but I, that's, no, no, that's not me. Because what's on the inside of me is going to keep me healthy all my 120 years. And I can live out my 120 years. I can live and live that life and be satisfied with my life and live out my years. And then when it's time for me to go, I can make the decision, it's time to go. Hey. Not a sickness take me out, not a disease take me out. I take me out. Jesus is the one. Remember, Jesus is the way. He's the standard. Jesus is the one who said, I have the power to lay down my life and to take it again. And I have this command from my Father. If Jesus had the power to lay down his life, I've got the power to decide when I'm done. 
Let me, let me tell you this great story. So anybody ever read uh, Christ the Healer, F.F. Bosworth? Yeah. All right, great book. So F.F. Bosworth, F.F. Bosworth was friends with T.O. Osborne. You ever heard of T.O. Osborne? All right, so T.O. Osborne knew F.F. Bosworth in his latter years. And T.O. Osborne was a young man, F.F. Bosworth was an old man. I want to say when this happened, F.F. Bosworth was like 83 or 84, I think 83. And F.F. Bosworth, in his book, Christ the Healer, he's got one chapter about the life of God. It's a very small chapter. Doesn't go into a lot of detail about it. But when you begin to look at his life and the things he was teaching and preaching, he was really preaching on this, the same stuff. And so I, 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 this is a true account. It's not a real well-known account, but it's a true account. I know the individual who met with T.O. Osborne. And T.O. Osborne was telling this guy the story right before T.O. Osborne died. He said, right before F.F. Bosworth died, he called T.O. Osborne and said, hey, would you come to my house and pray with me? And F.F. Bosworth was about 83. And so T.O. Osborne goes to his house and, and walks in and F.F. Bosworth, T.O. Osborne's telling the story. F.F. Bosworth is on the bed, laying in his bed, has his Bible in front of him, pillow behind him. And he said, well, F.F. Uh, or T.O., the reason I called you here, he said, you're the only person that I could tell about this and you wouldn't think I was crazy. And you actually agree with me in prayer. And T.O. Osborne said, well, what is it? And F.F. Bothworth said this. He said, I've been preaching on the life of God for so long. He said, I'm ready to go home, but, but there's too much of it in my body. I need you to pray, help me to pray it out. <laughs> he said, I've been preaching on it and thinking about it for, for so long. I've got so much of it in my body, my body won't let me go. I need you to help me pray it out of my body. So T.O. Osborne, he said, him and his wife, they prayed with F.F., you know, for I don't know how long. And at some point, uh, F.F., or T F, all these initials, F.F. Bosworth stopped him and said, we're almost there, but not yet. Come back tomorrow. So they came back the next day. They spent some time praying, a couple hours, whatever. F.F. stops him and said, we're almost there. Come back tomorrow. Next day, they're doing this. They're praying. F.F. Bosworth in his bed with his Bible. They're praying. And all of a sudden, T.O. Osborne said, F.F. Bosworth stopped him. He said, we're there. And he said, F.F. Uh, Bosworth, he closed his Bible. He put his head back and he was gone. He said, I've, got, I've been talking about it so much for so long, thinking about it, talking about it. I've got so much of it in my body. I'm ready to go home, but I can't go because there's too much in my body. I need to get it out of my body so I can get out of here. I'm telling you, this subject right here will revolution. It is the missing ingredient in the area of healing for us faith people. We, we've, had, we've had the teaching, we've had the preaching. I mean, we understand it's paid for, but we still think we're trying to get it. Friend, I'm telling you, it's literally on the inside of you right now. And the moment we begin to understand and believe I have it, it's the moment not only I can begin to experience it for myself, I can start releasing it to the world. And I'm not trying to drag that person I just met on the streets and drag them to church and get them, get them to do my pastor so my pastor can pray for them. I know that I've got just as much of it on the inside of me as my pastor does. You don't have to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, bishop, teacher. No, all you have to be is a believer. All you have to be is united with Christ. And that very same life that's flowing in Jesus is literally flowing on the inside of you right now. It's flowing on the inside of you right now. It's flowing on the inside of you right now. It's flowing on the inside of you right now. It's flowing on the inside of you right now. It's opening up ears and healing backs and healing livers 
and opening up lungs. How many, is there people here, you've had some lung issues, had a hard time breathing? Any lung issues? Hallelujah. Well, you might just want to go ahead and take in a deep breath of the life of God and just begin to breathe like you haven't been able to breathe in months and years. Some of you that have some of those issues, just take a, oh, and just breathe. We're seeing lots of lungs being healed. We got ears being healed and eyes being healed. Legs being healed right now. Joints being healed. Arthritis being wiped out right now. Some of you that have some arthritic issues, you might want to check your joints. Check your wrists and your, your, your joints and your fingers and your, your knees and your toes and your shoulders and start doing those things you couldn't do because of pain, but now you can because there is no pain. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for life flowing in these ears. These ears are beginning to work and beginning to function. Hallelujah. <laughs> now you know, now you got a problem. because you can't turn your back and tell somebody something about your wife. You can't do it anymore. <laughs> See, she had here, she pulled out her hearing aids. She don't have her hearing aids in right now. <laughs> Who else has something going on? At least you thought you did. What did you think you had going on? Yeah, I know you don't. So it's not hurting anymore? Praise the Lord. Who's somebody else? Go ahead and check yourself. You came in with some pain. I don't care if it's even just what we consider minor, anything. You came in with something little and it's not there anymore. Your toe? What was going on? Hey, toe's a big deal when, when it's hurting. You had a stiff toe. Now, can you move it? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Who else had something going on? What's going on? Hi. Huh? Yeah. It's not arthritis. Yeah. 
I mean, it's really gone. You don't feel anything right now? Just your hand. Just my hand? Here's my number. Call me later. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Who else? Who else has something going on? <laughs> Why are you trying to cause a scene? <laughs> What's going on? You almost broke your ankle? Yes. Well, that's not funny. What are you laughing about? <laughs> a month ago. Yeah? And I sprained it really bad and had to wear this. And What'd you have to wear? This. Like an this. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, here, come, come, show, come show me, come show everybody. Let's see what you're talking about. <laughs> so so you, you, you almost broke it? Or you yes. broke it? Was it hurting before? Yes. Yeah, it was hurting tonight? Yes. Is it hurt right now? No. No? <laughs> it was really swollen. Huh? It was really swollen. Oh, it was swollen? Yes, because I was running, trying to run on it. Yeah? Because I was like, God, I want to be healed. And, I, and then it was super swollen. And yeah. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise God. Huh? Where's your shoe? <laughs> yeah, where's your shoe? <laughs> well, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> hey, so here's a question. Who prayed for you? Nobody. <laughs> See, the great thing about this is this. Like, the thing you, we begin to understand is when we, when we get this, I can have this anywhere. I don't have to come to church to get healed. Thank God I can have a church I can go to and they believe in it and they can, they can pray for me. If, if I need some extra help, I need a boost. But hey, I can be anywhere, anytime. Because why? I'm always hooked up to the source. I've got, a, I've got a ever flowing, eternal flowing fountain of life on the inside of me. Anybody else got something going on that you thought you had going on? It's not really there anymore. <laughs> I found out about you like five days ago, maybe of that long. Uh-huh. And the Lord had impressed upon me. All my family's from Manford. I don't live in Manford anymore. I came here from Collinsville, Oklahoma tonight. But in February, and just history, I already was there where you're at with the Lord, mm -hmm. personal relationship, communion with the Lord. I was already there. And in February, the last of February, I was diagnosed with a blood disease, a terminal yeah. blood disease. Uh -huh. And instead of my daughter-in-law was with me and she was just broken, I wasn't. I was the happiest I ever was in my life. And I told the Lord, I want to feel like this all the time. How you feel right now? I feel wonderful, but but the Lord, I've been alone in this. Um, my walk with the Lord has I've been alone because this is my first time here, so it's no pun to the church. 
but people don't believe when you let family the word got out people were reaching out to me on my Facebook yeah they're and, being compassionate and trying to show compassion well, and this and that they've already got you in the grave right you got a terminal blood disease well what are you ready for okay the Lord sent me here he wanted me to be someone to a symptoms uh-huh. I um, I rebuked them well, what's the symptoms a burning uh. and pain where in uh, I started having new burning and pain here yeah but it goes away I prayed it goes away right but it always comes back yeah well, maybe it just doesn't. Any, does it hurt right now? Was it hurting today when it hurt yes. when you came in? Yes. I'm not feeling the burning or pain right now, but I just know the Lord. And then you came <clears> up yesterday saying you're going to be here, and I thought, Lord, do you want me to go there? But I don't want someone to pray with me or for me out of just like pity. Someone uh, that believes and knows. Like you were talking about a while ago, I, I just don't want someone to do it out of feeling sorry for me. Oh, she's going to die, but I'll... All right, so where, where's former Vertigo, Miss, Miss Vertigo, former Vertigo? <clears throat> Come here. So... I want the sentence gone. So these aren't, these aren't pity prayers? No, I'm not, I didn't come here. Yeah, these aren't pity I'm prayers. The, these are things just to give you an extra boost. I'm here because the Lord yes. asked me to come. All right, so out of your obedience, then we're just going to put a little extra dose of the Holy Ghost. How about that? It's kind of like a battery, you know? You have, you have a battery, and, and, and maybe it just needs a little extra juice in it, so you hook it up to another live battery. So you need to begin to look at your hands right now as jumper cables. That's what your hands and arms are. They're jumper cables, and your spirit is divinely connected to the Lord, and He is that battery that's full of life. And when you put your hands, your jumper cables on somebody that needs a little jolt, needs an extra dose of life, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that what's in that battery of God, it's flowing out of your battery. Come on, it's flowing out of your cables and it's flowing into that other battery that needs, needs some life. Father, we just thank you for life. We just thank you for life flowing in this body. And what they said was terminal, what they said was unfixable. We call it terminated. We thank you. There will be no symptoms from this day forward. We declare right now prophetically she will live a long life. She will live out her life. She will fulfill the plan of God for her life. And healing's flowing right now, not because of you, not because of what you've done, not because of what you could say, not because of what you could do, but simply because of who you're hooked up to, who you're united to, and what's flowing out of us right now, and what's flowing into you right now. And it's already on the inside of your spirit right now, and you're going to take it with you, and it will flow into your body from this point forward. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. I feel that right there. I feel that right there, just flowing and flowing and flowing. That heat just flowing into your body right there. And removing every ounce of that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What's going on with you? I have healing in me. Yeah? 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 Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Knocked everybody out. Yes. Yeah. Not really, but pretty much. 
What are you going to say? Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Right, right. Right, yeah. Right. Extreme makeover this is what you need. Extreme makeover. Yeah. 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 I get that. Been there, done that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we just need, so we need to be just as confident that what I gave away is for me too. So like this morning, we were talking about, use the example of like a water hose, a garden hose. The purpose of a garden hose really is to get other things wet. But while it's getting other things wet, it gets wet too. What's flowing on the inside of it was meant to flow on the outside. So many of us are very, very confident in giving it away. But when it comes to us, it's a different story. But you can't give something away that you don't actually already have. You can't give away what you don't already have. So we need to be confident that it's there. But the problem is, is that when it comes, see, when it comes to us ministering to other people, and let's just be real, and I'm just going to be real blunt with you. When it comes to me ministering to you, I don't feel your pain, so I don't care. It does not affect me at all that you tell me my ankle hurts, my foot hurts, and I say, come on, we're gonna walk up these stairs. I don't care if it hurts or not. I don't feel your pain. I don't really care if it hurts you. I don't feel your pain. I'm walking in faith on this thing. So it's, it's, it's a little bit easier for me to say, what's you whining for? Get up and stomp on it, make it hurt. It's real easy for me to say that, but I believe that. But it does take it to another level when I'm the one feeling the pain. But I'm telling you right now, the stuff that I'm preaching, I've worked it in my life. And I've seen it work in my life. This leg used to be shorter than the other. And no doctor could fix it. So we grew it out in my backyard. It was an inch shorter. It's getting late, but let me tell you a story just to tell off of myself. So we'd been pastoring for about, for about six years and I was in extreme pain. I'd gotten in a real bad car wreck and because of the car wreck, just that jolt, it had pushed my leg up and it had shortened my leg by, by the inch. And it, it, was, it was causing extreme pain because over time, you know, when you're walking shorter and your body starts, you know, reacting and fixing and shifting things. And so my muscles were getting stretched and my, my spine was getting turned. And so I'd get up and preach, you know, for an hour, hour and a half or whatever. And we're seeing miracles and blind and deaf being healed and tumors dissolving, all this stuff. And the anointing's really strong. And then I walk off the stage and walking out to the front to start greeting people. And all of a sudden, oh, and like I'd be, I'd be fighting back tears. I'd be in such pain and like faking it while I'm out there. And sometimes I'd act like I was so exhausted from preaching that I had to sit down while I was saying hi to people, really because I was in such pain. And then I didn't like going to doctors and this and that, but my, my wife, she finally convinced me to go to the chiropractor and do something about my back. And so, and this whole time, I'm not even thinking about me and this stuff. So I go to the chiropractor and they did an x-ray and they say, well, I can tell you why you're having problems. Your right leg is an inch shorter. It ticked me off. 
because we had been seeing short legs and short arms and stuff growing out. It made me mad. Because then she said, well, there's nothing we can do for it, so here's a heel lift. That even more ticked me off. Because I told her, well, I didn't tell her, but I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to be wearing that in my shoe while we're dissolving tumors and causing blindness. See, I'm a hypocrite. No, I mean, I'm not, but I'm saying like, that's what's going through my mind. And so I put that heel lift in my shoe. I wore it for about three months and I just got mad. And I remember I was sitting in my backyard and I was sitting out there barefoot. It was the summertime. I'm sitting there reading a book and I'm sitting there and looking at my foot and you know, it's about like this. And I just got mad. And so I reached down and I said, you know what? It just hit me. I said, we've been seeing all these people with short limbs and stuff growing. I mean, multiple inches growing. This is, this is nothing. So I put my hand on, hands on my right leg. And I said, Father, I just thank you for that life that's in me. And we just, we just put that in my leg. And I think that leg is growing right now. Well, then I took my hand off. I looked, nothing changed. So I went back to reading my book. I didn't think anything about it after that. About two weeks goes by. I'm back outside sitting there and reading my book. And I look down and my ankles are even. And I, I did like this. And then remember when you were a kid, you do that, that trick where you, you bent your leg and stuck it out and it's shorter. And then you bent it again and shook it and it's the same. I did that to make sure I wasn't doing something. And I saw that it was even. So I run inside. I said, Lacey, look, like, look at my ankles. And she said, well, yeah, they're even. I said, but look at my, my feet, my legs. She said, well, yeah, they're even. So then I was still struggling with it, believing it. So I ran into the bathroom, lifted up my shirt, and I'm looking at my hips because before, my, or before it was like this and my hips were even. So at some point in there, when I just left it alone, it grew out because of what was on the, I, I got out of the way. I got out of the way. And so, so what I'm saying in that is that when you're the one experiencing the pain, maybe we're ministering people, we're seeing people get healed, but now you're the one dealing with the pain. We have to be able to move past that and realize, hey, I may be having some pain here, but who I am and what's on the inside of me is far greater than what I'm feeling here. It's just about becoming more spirit conscious than body conscious. I've been there where I've had pain. I, I, I'll be honest, I broke out. I was so stressed one time. We were dealing with a building project and we needed a couple hundred thousand dollars in about two or three weeks. And I was freaking out. I mean, I was faith man up, up for about the last three days. And then I was freaking out. And one day I was in the shower and I looked down and I broke out in hives. I mean, I had bumps all over me. My throat started swelling up. I was having a hard time just breathing. And I yelled out for Lacey. She came running in. She goes, oh my God, what's wrong with you? Because I got this rash and these just bumps just, I mean, all, looked like I had leprosy or something. Well, I didn't know what was going on. I knew why it was happening. But, but my throat was swelling up so bad I, could, I was having a hard time breathing. So she said, I don't care what you think. I'm taking you to the ER now. And it was like about 11 o'clock at night. And so I followed her on it for about 15 minutes. The whole time I'm going, I can't breathe you. And I'm fighting her. I ain't going to a doctor. So she fought me on it. So I finally get into the car. And so she flies to the emergency room. We pull up to the parking lot. And I'm really, really mad because I know why this is happening because I got into fear about stuff. And I just, let, I just let my mind go crazy. So we pulled into the parking lot and I'm having a hard time just, just sucking down air. And I told her, I said, look, give me 10 minutes. She said, you are out of your mind. You're, you're having a hard time breathing. I said, babe, just give me 10 minutes just to practice what I preach. And so I'm sitting in the passenger seat. And so I had her just, just cut on some soft music. And so I'm sitting there and I just start meditating on the life of God. 
That's all I'm doing. I mean, I, can't, I can barely breathe. And I'm saying, Father, I just thank you. That life is on the inside of me. It's flowing into my body. It's flowing into my, my skin. It's flowing into my organs. It's flowing into my throat. I did that for about 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, all those bumps, everything disappeared. My throat opened up. I said, take me back home. Amen. Take me back home. Why? Because what's on the inside of me is far greater than the pain. It's not denying the pains there. It's realizing that what I have on the inside of me is far greater. I may be experiencing some pain right now, but if I'll just begin to, to, to respond to what's on the inside of me. I mean, it's something the pastor said this morning in, in his, in his post-sermon. About... <laughs> about responding and releasing. <laughs> responding and releasing. That'll preach, man. Not so much about res responding and receiving, it's responding and re responding to what I have and releasing it on the inside. So come here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Now, she's gotten too much attention, so we're going to take you over here to her. Miss, miss, miss post angle laugh, laugh. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, praise you, Jesus. So, put, grab her hand, and we're just going to take what was on the inside of you, it's flowing, and we're going to put, put it inside her, too. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your light flowing in there. We thank you for the call of God upon her life. We thank you for her obedience and her humility and laying hands on the sick and releasing this life and this power into other people. And Father, we just hook up into agreement right here, right now with her. And we just, we take of what we have and we add it to hers. And we just take authority over this right now. All of this pain, this chronic pain, these hurts, these discomforts, we take authority over it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Satan, we release you of your assignment upon her life, upon her body. We thank you and we declare right now that she is free, that death no longer has a grip on me, that this life of God is flowing in me, and it's purging this body. It's purging this body. It's purging this body right now. It's purging this body purging this body almost like if you were to take a I just kind of see like like a, a bucket of dirty water and you were to take a water hose and stick that hose into that bucket and turn it on high and as that clean water's flowing in there all of that dirt all of that muck it just begins to, to come up into that bucket and as it begins to get filled with that clean good water all of that junk just begins to flow up to the top and go on out the brim of that thing and flow on out there's a purging right now there's a flowing a flow a flowing, a flowing, a flowing, and a pushing out the light, pushing out the darkness in this body. The righteousness, pushing out the unrighteousness in their body. And a freedom in this body. A fire flowing in this body right now. A tangible fire. The lightnings of God. The fire of God. Tangible. Flowing in this body right now. Flowing in this body right now flowing in this body right now that's tangible to the touch that she can feel it flowing in her body right now flowing in her muscles a tingling in these muscles and in these joints and bones hallelujah praise you Jesus 
Praise you, Jesus. 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 The fire of God. The fire of God. The fire of God. The fire of God burning it all out. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, we used to sing that song. It's like fire shut up in my bones. That Holy Ghost fire shut up in my bones. Well, it's about time we let it out of our bones. We let it flow into the rest of our body. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hey, it's getting late, I know. But is there anybody else before we go? Has some stuff going on you want, want to minister to you before you go? Yes, sir. Well, I've, I've been battling with, uh, they said I had arthritis in my knee, and I don't, I pastor, so I don't tell people too much. I just fight the battle. Right. And so I, this is a safe zone. We can be, yeah, we can be on it. Just lay hold of it. So, so I believe. Yeah. It's, it's done, and I, I would have to straighten my leg out. I just tried to do it covertly. Right. Straighten it out, because when I, when I get done preaching, I go to sit down and be like, yeah. I've, I've been bending it here and working it. So, mm -hmm. it's healed. Yes. How are you feeling? How's it feeling right now? Feeling good. Feeling good? Yeah, it's feeling good. I got just a little twinge, but it's it's feeling good. I, I could not bend it back that far. Oh, you could? Oh, could okay. I could not bend it back that far, yeah. So, yeah, I played golf yesterday, and it swelled up real big. So. Well, go play golf tomorrow. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. <laughs> this group over here is like, Lord, give me the prophetic declaration to go play golf tomorrow. <laughs> it's part of the ministry, people. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Father, thank you for his faithfulness. Hallelujah. Thank you for his faithfulness. Thank you for what you've called him to do and you put on the inside of him. Father, we just pray right now for an even greater revelation of what's on the inside. That it would flow out of him to such a degree, Father. That it would be evident to all those around, flow into those that he touches. It would flow into the people of his church, Father. It flow into his body to a great, 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 great degree. A great degree. There'd be a strengthening and a quickening in his body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you. I just heard this a revival in your body. I don't know. Hallelujah. A revival in the body. Not just a revival in the body. How about a revival in the body of... <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What are you making a commotion for over there? Anybody else got anything before we go? We need to get you home. Yes, sir. It's anxiety? Yeah. Well, so you know, Paul gave us a great prescription for peace. Philippians chapter 4, 
right? Verse 6 through 8. Verse 6, he said, don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything. Prayer petition, give your requests, you know, your wants, your worries, your cares over to God. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will mount guard and garrison around your heart and your mind. Doug Jones, great minister, I, I, I stole this from here years ago. This is the only time I'll give him credit, but he said this. He said, if you want verse seven, the peace of God, you gotta do verse six. You gotta give it over to God. But if you wanna keep verse seven, you gotta do verse eight. Whatever's pure, whatever's just, whatever's right, whatever, you know, think on these things. Think on these things. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you right now that you are the God of peace, that Jesus, you gave us your peace. We have the peace of God. We have the peace of God, the life of God, the joy of God, the faith of God. The Bible says that he gives his beloved sweet sleep. Satan, we release you of your assignments and your schemes and your tactics over his life. We declare that he has the victory over all these things that are going on. We declare right now there will be sweet sleep tonight as he lays his head on the pillow. That the life of God not only flows in his body, but flows into his mind. And a great consciousness and a great awareness of your life, your power, and your goodness, and your greatness in his life. Hallelujah. A freedom of his soul in Jesus' name. Freedom of a soul in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How's your ears? Good. All right. Well, anybody, anybody else before we go? Yes, sir. I was diagnosed with macular degeneration five years ago. Uh-huh. And I was starting to lose my eyesight. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a good thing, you know. Yeah. Going blind, ain't that ain't cool. That's all of my water. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, blind eye, deaf ear, pain in the knee, pain in the butt. I mean, it's all the same thing. Can you get rid of the pain in the butt? I got a list. I don't know. I mean, maybe you can kick them out of your church. I don't know. But. <laughs> Sometimes they're family. You can't get rid of them, but you know. Which, which eye did you say it was? Uh, it's my left eye. Oh, your left eye. All right. Anybody, anybody want to help me on this one? Well, I'll do those blind eye things, you know. Well, come on, buddy. Come on. Well, yeah, you're getting people healed. Come on now. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for life flowing. Oh, wait, hey, uh, ears, you come here too. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you for life flowing into this body, flowing into this eyes, <clears throat> restoring sight to the blind. That's one of the things that every Christian was called to do. 
every Christian was called to do. Every Christian was called to do. Because seeing is normal, hearing is normal, walking is normal. Cause the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk. Hallelujah. Thank you for the life of God flowing in here and fixing this eye. You know what needs to be done in here? We thank you for the life, this great heavenly substance flowing out of our spirit and flowing out of His spirit. It's flowing into His eye. And it's causing a change, a miracle, a sign, a wonder, a cure in this eye. And that what was started is now being reversed. Being reversed right now. It's being reversed right now. It's being reversed right now. It's being reversed right now. The curse is being reversed because of an intrusion and a flow of light and life. Light. Light. Life and light. 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 Light in my spirit. Light. There shall not be no darkness in my body when there's light in my spirit. Come on, that's a revelation right there. When there's light in my spirit, there should be no darkness in my body because the light in my spirit was made to affect the darkness. It's made to overcome 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 the darkness. The light always overcomes darkness. The light always overcomes darkness. The light in my spirit always overcomes darkness that may try to come to my eyes. How could my eyes get dark when that light's on the inside of me? Light on the inside. I never really thought about it like that, even in regards to eyes. But how could the eyes be dark when the light's on the inside? When the light's on the inside. 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 When the light is on the inside. When the light is on the inside. How could anything get dark? No, when the light begins to shine, the darkness must go, it must flee, it must move. How could it be dark when there's light? Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Father. Come on, let's lift our hands and let's just praise Jesus. Let's just thank Jesus. He is our Savior. He is the forgiver. He's also the healer. He is our sustainer. Praise you, Jesus, for the sacrifice that you made for redemption. We thank you for your life that you're a carrier and possessor of, and that very same life that you imparted into us so we could share in your life, so we could share in your life. We could share in your life so we could walk in your life. We could experience your life. We could impart your life. We could release your life. Thank you for the life that flows on the inside of us. Thank you for this light that shines on the inside of us. Thank you for loving enough 
loving us enough that you gave us the same stuff, the same substance, so we could represent you. We could live like you. And as you walked in divine health, we would walk in divine health and we would help others walk in divine health. We would help others to walk in healing and health for their bodies. That, that, you, would, that you would help us to, to have such a great revelation and great insight into this wonderful spiritual substance on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, you may not be able to see it. You may not be able to feel it, but there's hearts being healed right now. There's valves that are being replaced right now. There's damaged pieces of that organ that's being replaced right now. That life is flowing into those organs. Life is flowing into that tissue. Life is flowing into those valves. Life is flowing into the heart. Life is flowing in there right now. Life is flowing in there right now. Life is flowing in there right now. There's a rejuvenation and a quickening taking place. <clears throat> right now. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, because of that life that flows in my body and flows into my heart, my heart doesn't have to get weaker the older I get. I can be 120 and have the heart of a 20-year-old because there's life flowing in my body, life flowing in my organs. They don't have to give out. They don't have to give out because they're getting tired and they're getting weak because there's a flow. 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 There's a flow in my body. 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 Come on, this is coming up on the inside of me right now. There's some of you, you've been sitting there and questioning this the entire time, but you need to get up and you need to check out some things in your body. You've been wondering, I wonder if it's working. I wonder if it's working. And you don't wanna get up and try things out so anybody looks at you. I'm telling you right now, it's been working. It's already been working. It's working in your body. You want some proof, get up and watch the proof. You don't need to try to make it happen. It's already happened in your body. Just let it happen. Try it out right now. Go get up, walk, jump, bend, do push-ups, whatever you got to do. It's there. It's there. It's there. It's there. It's there. It's there. Jesus put it there. You don't have to try to get it there. Jesus put it there. He died so you could have it right now in your body right now. It's in your body right now. It's in you right now. It's in you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Come on, miracle, creative things are happening in people's bodies right now. Come on, we've given you three hours. It, <laughs> Creative things are taking place in your body right now. Those that needed some creative works, you might as well get up and begin to rejoice because things are happening in your body. You might as well go and have a party right now because things are taking place in your body. Come on, you might as well get, a, get up and enjoy it. You might as well go and rejoice in it. 
You might as well go ahead and rejoice in it. You might as well go ahead and rejoice in it. You don't have to be able to see it. You don't have to be able to feel it. There's some things you may not be able to prove right now, but hey, we've got proof. And the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in our spirit. There's life on the inside of our spirit. And I know by faith, it's working in my body right now. It's flowing in my body right now. The life of God, the life of God, the life of God for my body, the life of God for my brain, the life of God for my organs, life, 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 life flowing in my body. Life flowing. Come on, you've got dead raising power on the inside of your spirit. If it can raise Jesus from the dead, it can dissolve a tumor. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, things are being deposited in your body right now. Hallelujah. There's some deposits taking place right now. Some of you that are pastors and ministers, there's some things being deposited in you right now. 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 Deposits. Deposits. Some downloads. Some things you've been believing for and praying for and asking for. Some things being taking place right now. Downloads from heaven taking place right now. Hallelujah. Going from glory to 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's going to be some revelation coming this week for me and for you concerning this subject, concerning this area. It's high time we get good at this healing stuff. It's time we get good at this healing stuff, that we start doing it on purpose and not by accident. It's time. It's time. No more waiting. Come on. No more waiting. Not waiting for another move. We are the move. When God moved on the inside of us, we became the move. Let's be the move that God has waited for us to be because of what he put on the inside of us. Hallelujah. There's some revelation coming. It's going to take us to another level. We're going to walk in this. We're going to look like Jesus, smell like Jesus, talk like Jesus. We're going to raise the dead like Jesus, cause the blind to see like Jesus, the deaf to hear like Jesus. Skin diseases dissolving, normal. Eyes and ears opening, normal. Come on, not just short limbs and short arms. But I mean, we're talking about hands and, and feet missing, growing out right there before. Normal. 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 Genetic diseases being healed. Normal. Normal. 
down syndrome being normal being healed. Not some big deal, little deal. We're going to start seeing those things. Not because we're waiting on something extra special, because we got a revelation of what was on the inside of us. Come on, the mystery of the gospel is Christ in you. The hope, the expectation of the glory of the risen Christ. The same glory that was in him, the same glory on the inside of us. And that's why we can expect to see it. We can expect to experience it because he got on the inside of me. He got on the inside of me. It's so simple, it's stupid. (laughs) but we overcomplicated it Christ in me God in me Christ in me God in me I'm a God man I'm a Christ man I'm a God man walking on this earth Christ man walking on this earth there should never be a thing as a a depressed Christian a Christian with with with, with self esteem issues you should be dealing with pride issues because we know how great he is on the inside of me. I'm dealing with this big head. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, we didn't mean to keep you this long, my Lord, but... Hallelujah, Pastor. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to dismiss you and hug a children's worker. (laughs) Give them some money out of your pocket if they've watched your kids. Praise God. A good night of impartation. Amen? Amen. And we look forward to seeing you back 10 a.m. tomorrow and then 7 o'clock tomorrow night. It's just going to continue and build. Amen? Hallelujah. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.